From Harry Hurley Way in the world's playground to the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Ah, yes, here we go. It is seven minutes past the hour. Thanks for waking up early in the morning. Let's make it a great day. We have a jam-packed program filled with, um, I believe, important content. You'll fill in all the rest. Kirk Conover will be joining us next hour. Chuck Malamud at 8, Dr. Bob Zlotnick at 9. So we're very, very busy this morning and a lot to update you on. Let me start with this. Uh, At one level, I want to say, you know, good for the individual for doing the right thing because, you know, in these examples that I'm about to share with you, many times people hold out. They want to see how it goes. Is there a chance to survive uh, this individual and I, I don't want to give too much credit because I think the individual was so busted, so busted that there was just no support anywhere. And I'm speaking about the president of the Los Angeles City Council, who basically immediately resigned. I think there was an initial uh, I'm going to stay and I'll spend the rest of my life atoning for what I did and, and all this cancel culture type of verbiage uh but within a very short while i don't even think hours just a very short while the uh individual resigned good riddance you're a bum and uh i don't even care about the apology the individual made just undeniably disgusting racist comments and got busted i don't think it's been revealed how these um, comments were memorialized, how, how how did it get taped? Usually, if unless someone leaves a recording device in a room that's either voice activated or just leaves it running, and of course that's a criminal offense, you have to look at state by state. In New Jersey, for example, you can record any phone call conversation you don't have to. It's. I, I think it's terrible. I've never done it. And I know people who do do it. Uh, and you should be guiding, guided accordingly in these kinds of things. But in New Jersey, for example, it's one person consent. Which is kind of silly. The one person can be you. And listen to this. Even if someone says, are you taping this conversation? They can say no. And keep on taping. It's one person consent. Now, that makes the person dishonest and uh, whatever, but they don't have to. Oh, yeah, you got me. I'm taping. I'll stop now. No, you can keep on taping. Just say you're not taping. Which I don't advocate for at all. Washington, D.C., for example, is two person consent. That's how Linda Tripp got all embroiled in potential legal jeopardy because you need in order to tape a conversation legally you need to get the person's consent and you notice you've probably received phone calls 
where they tell you up front uh, this this conversation is being recorded. Sometimes they say for who knows customer service, some kind of look back or something. And sometimes it's being recorded because it might be a debt collector or somebody, a legal office, and they're looking uh, to get information and they're telling you up front. Even though if that person – and they're not typically calling from New Jersey, so they're also bound by it. So I don't know how this got taped. I presume the person taped it was in the room. I'm not going to say it's one of the parties involved in the conversation. I have my own suspicions, but that's not really important. This woman, Nuri, N-U-R-Y, Nuri Martinez, issued an apology and expressed shame. Sidebar. Shame for getting caught? Would she have been ashamed if this was not recorded? And if somebody brought it up, she would probably say, you're a liar. No, I'm not. Here's the tape. Here's you, you racist jackass. Quote, in the end, it is not my apologies that matter most. It will be my actions as I take from this day forward. I just threw up in my mouth a little bit. I hope that you will give me the opportunity to make amends. Therefore, effective immediately, I am resigning as president of the Los Angeles City Council. Hey, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I think we might be getting hoodwinked here. Incidentally, I should have done this before. I just looked at the phone lines, and the phone lines are completely down right now. So if you're listening and thinking about calling in, wait, I'll take a peek at this when I go to the break. Uh, That wasn't like that before. It's a computer, and I have these um, bad red um, items with a line going through it. Uh, Not a good thing. But wait a minute. I think I got hoodwinked. I don't think she stepped down from council. She just stepped down as the president. You got to give it to these Democrats. They're so dishonest. They're so sneaky. All day yesterday. Now, look, this Los Angeles City Council doesn't mean a hill of beans to me. So I don't pay that much attention to them. But from the moment I heard about the resignation, I thought the individual resigned her seat. This is strategic. Let me see if if just resigning as president of city council is enough. And I'll keep my seat. So her statement doesn't say whether she will resign her council seat. Media members have reached out. There's no immediate response to phone calls and emails that have been sent to Martinez. She's trying to get away with just stepping down as the president of the city council, keeping the seat. And then you know what happens a year from now. It's like nothing ever happened. Ah, I thought there was at least a shred of decency, of credibility. I knew it was strategic in nature. Martinez uh, said in a recorded conversation, if you didn't hear about this, that white council member Mike Bonin 
handled his young black son as if he were an accessory and described the son as behaving like a monkey. How about that? That's the Los Angeles Times reporting that. Martinez also referred to Bonin as, quote, a little bitch, and at another point mocked ethnicities. Quote, I see a lot, I, quote, I see a lot of little short dark people, Martinez said in reference to a particular area of the largely Hispanic Koreatown neighborhood. Quote, I was like, I don't know where these people are from. I don't know what village they came from, how they got here. Adding, quote, oh, this is nasty. Quote, tan fails. End quote, which means, quote, they're ugly. End quote. Do you see how these elitist snob people think? You know, it's not it's not shtick when for 30 plus years I've been telling you that they think they're the beautiful people. And you're ugly, but they're so beautiful they're so privileged. They're so they're so amazing. Of course, these recordings have rocked the political establishment. And you're looking at today, four weeks before elections for mayor and several council seats. So this is only what this is about. If this was six months, five months, whatever, before an election, that this this jackass wouldn't and, – and can you say racist or do you have to say alleged racist when, when she's calling a child a little monkey and saying these other things that I've read to you? Is that, is that person a racist or doesn't it count? Wow. Quote, I was like, I don't know where these people are from. I don't know what village they came from, how they got here. They're ugly. Aren't you aren't you special, Nuri Martinez? Aren't you special? So guess what? Unless there is some kind of amazing hue and cry, this woman's going to get away with staying on city council. And who knows when they reorganize in January, maybe should be city council president all over again. And the joke is on us. We'll be back in just a few minutes. This is the Hurley in the Morning program. Don't go away. Fox News commentary. The supervisor of this liberal city said the iconic Blue Angel shouldn't be allowed to fly over his city. Take a guess and find out next. Businesses don't run on automation or algorithms alone. What powers businesses are your people and the people they serve. At Cintas, your dedicated service reps understand what you need to help you keep your employees feeling safe, comfortable, and performing their best. So your business can too. For workwear, essential cleaning products, first aid and safety supplies, and fire protection services, visit Cintas.com. Oh, I'm ready! And get ready for the workday. 
Over the weekend, San Francisco District 5 Supervisor Dean Preston tweeted, the Blue Angels should not be allowed to fly over San Francisco. He tweeted this as the Blue Angels were flying over the city and during San Francisco's Fleet Week celebration. The Blue Angel flyover is the hallmark of Fleet Week, but apparently not for the self-described Democrat socialist. He didn't elaborate on why the Blue Angels shouldn't be allowed to grace the sky, but if I had to guess, I'd say it's likely due to his hatred of American symbols, military pride, and patriotic displays. And this is what it's come to, folks. The rabid Democrats have made it clear they aren't for celebrating American exceptionalism or the men and women who fight to make America the greatest nation on the face of the earth. Love of country and pride in our excellence should be bipartisan, but if it were up to them, the only things we'd celebrate would be Pride Week and the seventh COVID booster. I'm Tommy Lahren, and you can listen to all of my hot takes at Fox News Commentary. When you need to know, it's WPG Talk Radio 95.5 and the WPG Talk Radio app. Thank you. Welcome back. 22 minutes past the hour. Thanks for waking up early in the morning. Appreciate that very much. Obviously, uh, we can't do it without you and we don't uh, pretend that we can. This portion of our program is brought to us by Comfort Keepers. And as a nurse dad, what Comfort Keepers does is very important and personal to me. They have elaborate training And I know that comfort keepers will succeed in giving you peace of mind because you'll know that your loved one is in the care of experienced professionals who love what they do. For these reasons, I unconditionally endorse comfort keepers because I approve of their vision and I trust them to care for your loved ones. Call comfort keepers at 609-277-7855. They're on the web at comfortkeepers.com. Please tell Comfort Keepers that Harry Hurley sent you. You know, it's so interesting when you, th- you have to be careful in this day and age when you think you can take someone at their word. And you know, there are, you know, people like this. Everything they say is like, well, women, I'm just asking you, is it, is it daylight or is it night? Well, you know, you don't understand, you know, the, the spectrum of the, uh, you know, the, the Earth's atmosphere. No, no, I just want to know if it's daylight or nighttime. What, they, they won't tell you. you. You know people I'm talking about like that. It's very annoying. You know, I, I'm just of the school that say what you mean, mean what you say, and what you say doesn't need interpretation. I mean, for example, listen to this vice president that we have, this, this absolute dope Hate to say that, but dumb as they get. You can't understand a single word she says. She's It's word salad all the time. It goes in circles. I said that the price is the price of the price, and that's the price. And when the price is the price, it's the price. Price. I mean, everything. It, it, what? So now we have the typical Democrat, Nori Martinez, who you get faked out in believing that she resigned, but she only resigned as the president of the Los Angeles City Council. She didn't resign her seat. And and again, Democrats can almost get away with anything. So why would she have to go? You go flip that. Say there was like one council seat that's in a Republican area in, in that goofy uh, government and and that person's talking about little monkeys and all this stuff good luck you're dead you're done 
you will be canceled, you will be destroyed. Not only not only that position, but if you owned a business, your business will be destroyed. If you had a job outside of that, you'd lose that. These people lose nothing. And it's so it's so disgusting, I have to say. All right, I'm going to tease this one. And I'm also going to get Kirk Conover's take in the seven o'clock hour. I'm in total agreement with this. The Phillies have named Rob Thompson the manager. So and I think that's really smart. Now, I would have done it even before the first playoff series. That's the only mistake I think they made. But maybe they wanted to say, hey, we'll just see. Can he win a series? You know, can this team win? And then we'll reward. But what a great reward. When Rob Thompson, who was the assistant to Joe Girardi, and he was a Yankee coach as well. He's 59 years old. He took over the team on June 3rd when Joe Girardi was fired, and the Phillies were at 22-29 and 29 was their record at the time. And they went on to like a 12-game winning streak. They went 65-46. and 46. And actually, there were even, that's 19 games above 500. They were even better than that for much of it, but they had a little bit of a losing uh, skid in there. They finished third in the National League East, but that division was very, very strong. So all the playoff teams in the National League, other than division winners in the other divisions, the two wild cards came out of, well, I guess there's three wild cards now, but three of the playoff spots came out of the National League East is what I'm trying to say in English. And the Phillies wound up being able to beat their higher-seeded opponent in the wild-card round when they swept the St. Louis Cardinals in two games, in St. Louis, by the way. And a lot of people are saying, you don't want to play the Phillies right now. They're playing very, very well. Little sidebar... Thompson, there's no P, it's Thompson. Thompson is the first Canadian-born manager to lead a team in the postseason. How about that? I didn't even know he was Canadian. So they rewarded him with the title of manager, and they have given him a two-year contract, to which I say earned and deserved. And let's see what they do from here. He became only the fourth manager in Major League Baseball history to take over a team at least seven games under 500 and then lead them to the postseason. Dick Hauser, of course, who I love, former Yankee, former Royals manager, 1981, he did it. Cito Gaston did it in 1989 with the Blue Jays. And Jim Tracy in 2009 with the Rockies. What I think is interesting to note, all of them did it in the wild card era. I Did they have, maybe in fairness, in 81, maybe they didn't have. I don't think they had the wild card in 81. So for me, Dick Hauser is the most impressive of them all because he would have had to win his division. They didn't have a wild card in 81, I don't believe. And I'm not even sure they had it in 89, but they did have it in 2009. Quote, as time progressed, 
it became apparent that Rob was the right person to lead this team. And our club's on-field performance over the course of the season certainly reinforced that. President of Baseball Operations David Dombrowski said in a statement, his calm demeanor and ability to communicate with the players was also exceptional. So there you have it. We'll see what... uh, I know that Kirk is a huge Phillies fan. We'll see what he has to say. Also, we're going to talk to Kirk about data that indicates that, quote, the great resignation, end quote, I hate that term, is not over yet. You know, you keep hearing about, oh, look, it's jobs creation. Oh, 263,000 jobs. It sucks out there. I'm telling you. It's It's not what they're trying to make it out to be. You have the highest number of Americans who have quit their jobs in 30 years. What do you make of that in this economy? The percentage of Americans who left their jobs hit 15.9% last month. So basically 16% of Americans quit their job. Now, what's that other thing called? I think I wrote an article about it. Uh, the quiet, quiet quit. Let me write that down. I won't, I won't, I won't remember that again. I don't even know how I remembered it this time. Quiet quit. Do you know what that is? I really don't understand the term. I like things to mean what they say. Quiet quit means you go to work every day and you do as little as you can without getting fired. So I don't know why you would call that quiet quit, but I'm telling you that's what it means. Now, who among us lives their lives that way? I couldn't stand to be mediocre like that, even beyond less than mediocre. That poor. Let me go see how little I can do. So I don't have the chance to do that. I'm, I'm a department of one. And I have to bring it. I have to bring it every day. I can't come in. I can't mail it in. So these people go to work. And they do as little as they can. Without getting fired. Pretty sick. We'll be back. As always, please, pretty please, don't try this at home. This is the Town Square, New Jersey Info and Weather Network. And this is Harry Hurley with three stories I could tell you about 30 that you can follow on the WPG Talk Radio 95.5 app. One that's fresh in mind is... We've written a piece in the past two hours about Marty Small uh, and his opposition to the ballot question. Uh, No surprise there. Uh, Check that out. Tony Tiberi. Oh, my gosh. 30 years in the making. This story and the Heimlich Maneuver. Check it out. 
From the Towns New Jersey Info and Weather Network, I'm Chief Meteorologist Dan Zero. The air is dry, the weather is dry, and skies will be bright and sunny once again today. Look for a high of 71 degrees this afternoon. Tonight, clear and comfortable. Not as cold as the past couple of nights with a low of 52. Another beautiful day tomorrow with increasing clouds, high of 70. A few rounds of showers and thunderstorms looking likely on Thursday. Could be some heavy rain and gusty winds involved. Get weather 24-7 wherever you are. Download our free mobile app today. Early in the morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM. Sean Hannity this afternoon at 3. Now. Early in the morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. 38 minutes past the hour. Here we go. Uh, Kirk Conover joining us at 7. Chuck Malamut at 8. Dr. Bob Zlotnick, the president, chief executive officer of Atlantic Prevention Resources, will join us in the 9 o'clock hour. So Jamie Dimon, who sometimes I agree with, sometimes I disagree with, from J.P. Morgan Chase, the CEO, He gets a lot of media play. He's just considered, for some reason, a go-to guy. Not not my favorite at all. Not a hater, just not a um, not a fan. But uh, don't take that with a negative bias. I just I just don't think he's as good. He reminds me of um, uh, what's her face, Andrea Mitchell's husband. Uh, God, thank God, I can't remember his name. Fed chair because they they just thought the media just thought that if he walked by there was a rainbow or something Alan Greenspan um, never liked him not personal never liked what he did never liked that he did what he did I think very pedestrian and got credit for being absolutely spectacular uh so anyhow, Jamie, Di- Jamie Diamond to me is in that kind of, you know, category. Always quoted, but I think he's wrong quite a bit. So he says, quote, this is serious. Well, I agree with that. Then he says that the U.S. is likely to tip into recession in six to nine months. Uh, hello, Jamie. We're already in a recession that that he's on board with this this fake scam ripoff scheme because they don't want it to look like we're in a recession for the midterm election. I mean, give me a break already. What do you have to do? And I'll tell you another thing. I'm sure you've been paying attention. The gas prices are really going up in a hurry. I drove by, and I, I tell you all the time, I drive past our nearby gas station, and I always know it's not the cheapest. It's never the cheapest, but it's in my neighborhood, and I like to support the local businesses. So I get gas. I pay a little bit more than I have to because I could, I'm a Sam's Club member. I could go to Sam's Club, you know, and there's some other places where Super Wawa's uh, cheaper as well. But I've been watching this go up. Now, it went up quite a bit just during the two days that we were at Resorts Casino Hotel. I come home and go, wow. Like, and again, I don't buy the regular, but that's what's on the big sign. If you look fast at the pumps, you can see usually three blends and you can see the prices. But the big pylon sign 
is typically the regular unleaded. So it's at 378.9 as of today. Yesterday it was like 360-something. It's going up in big chunks. See, all Biden did, he stole from the Strategic Petroleum Reserves to artificially reduce prices. That can't be, that's not a strategy. And he's doing more of this. Remember, he went to Saudi Arabia begging, begging. This is after trashing. That's why sometimes, look, the Khashoggi thing is terrible. And we all know what happened there. But there are times you have to be, I don't know what the what the exact right way to describe it, but I don't want to say strategic. You you but you have to be you have to be smart. And there's certain things you just can't build a tabernacle around. So Biden talked all his big talk. And he boxes us in so that we need Russia or we need Saudi Arabia. OPEC and now OPEC plus the hell is that? But that's what they are now. So it was going to be no, no, you're not getting any more. And we're going to lower our output by a million barrels a day. Now they tell us, oh, no, no, you're not getting any. We're not increasing the production And we're going to decrease it by 2 million barrels a day. How do you like me now? Meanwhile, we have 250 years worth of oil here. And remember, we're always finding ways of getting at oil that we couldn't get to before. In years gone by, you couldn't drill sideways. Now you can. Shale, there's all these ways. So I say that it's 250 years now. It used to be, you might remember this, they used to say we have 100 years worth of oil. Remember, less than two years ago, we were energy independent and a net oil exporter. Now we are begging nations that despise us to bail us out. Very, very stupid. But of course, they were deranged. And so anything that Trump did, they had to make it wrong. Border policy of uh, keeping people on the other side in Mexico was working very well. So we'll end that. And they ended our domestic oil program remember you can't come in with an attitude that you're going to hammer the energy sector and then expect them to increase refinery capacity and to do all these different things they're not going to do that when all you do is come after them they were doing it in the previous administration because that administration was friendly to the energy sector, which that's not that you're in the tank or anything. There should be no negative bias connotation about that. That should be the way that it is. Leading industries should feel like the government is not 
against them. So somebody's got to tell Jamie Dimon, we don't have to wait six or nine months. And this is why I've said from the beginning, if we're going to have a bad economy, then damn it, let's have it right now. Right before people are getting ready to vote, let's not please not let it be right after the fact. So then Democrats can say, oh, look, when we were here, this isn't us. Because, you know, they're going to be saying stuff like that. How nauseating is it to see them running campaigns in all the close races? Uh, I'm for funding the police. I was never for defunding the police. They're all flipping their script. Always remember this. Let me leave you with this quasi-powerful statement right before the break, and then we'll be right back. Always remember whatever Democrats are campaigning on right before an election, when they're saying they're for the police, they're for funding the police, when they're abandoning all of their radical positions, remember those are the policies that the American people want. They, when they win, they always conveniently forget that. And then you get this. I mean, for example, do you think Joe Biden campaigned like he's governing? He said, I'm I'm not like those crazy uh, liberals and socialists. I'm, I'm a moderate Democrat. Remember, that's what the American people want. They don't want these hard lefties. But that's what we get when they win. So you have to hold them accountable for it. We'll be back. Do not go away. This is WPG Talk Radio 95.5. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Thank you. Welcome back. It's 52 minutes past the hour. Thanks for waking up early in the morning. Also, our sister station, 97.3 ESPN is your home for the Philadelphia Phillies throughout the playoffs. You can catch the Phillies today at 1 p.m. That's on 97.3 ESPN, 97.3 FM band. Uh, We, um, oh my gosh, we have so much going on. Also, uh, this is a perfect example. I think this is a great little case study that I'm about to share. This is somebody that I have very little, not zero, but very little respect for, Senator Ben Sass, uh, because this guy is a political chameleon. Uh, he's not steady. He's not reliable. I don't care for him. And that's at the professional level. I don't know him personally. Uh, what I see, I don't like. I don't like his sn- not snarky. He's not snarky, although sometimes he is snarky. But he's sanctimonious and he's self-indulgent and a lot of other qualities that I don't like. So he thinks he had it all figured out. He, he went with the other side many, many times. So you figure that if he's in line for something, then the woke crowd, they're going to leave him alone, right? Because he's kind of like a Liz Cheney type. Well, Ben Sass is actually like a universe of one right now. They're searching for a new president of the University of Florida. And guess what? Senator Ben Sass is 
the only candidate that they're interviewing. He's it. So in other words, he's got the job. But he has experienced hundreds of students showing up in a question and answer session at the campus, chanting, hey, hey, ho, ho, Ben Sass has got to go. So they don't like him. They don't like his previous stances on the LGBTQ. He says he does not align with the university's priorities in this regard. And they don't want him. As of uh, early yesterday evening, more than 700 had signed a change.org petition urging the university's board of trustees not to hire SAS. That's S-A-S-S-E who is the only finalist for the job. I guess he's going to get it anyhow, but there you have it. It shows that don't capitulate to the other side. You will not, they'll use you, they'll then abuse you, and they'll discard you when you're of no useful purpose. So he thought he had it all figured out. Hey, look at me. I went woke. I went broke. I went joke. So I can go become a university president. They're going to love me. Oh, really? How'd that go? Didn't go so good, did it? Here's another example for you. And you have to go to the Daily Mail. Once again, much of the information about the Biden administration doesn't come from the American media, minus Fox News. It comes from the United Kingdom. So there's a DailyMail.com exclusive. Quote, you got to get some help. And you can listen. I did. You can listen to Joe Biden's tearful voicemail to his son, Hunter, revealing he knew that his son was having a drug-fueled meltdown at the time that he bought a gun and lied about it. Uh, on the form that he filled out, the purchase form about being a drug abuser. And he begs Hunter to get help. The voicemail is from October 15th, 2018. Once again, I would almost bet the ranch that they got it from Hunter Biden's laptop. There, uh, There is so much on this thing. The FBI has had it for years. If it's not self-evident now how they take care of who they want to take care of. Can you imagine if Trump, a Trump child, a Trump associate, pick anybody in the Trump orbit. If they had that laptop and that was their life. Crack and all this stuff. Amazing, truly amazing. And what we're going to get, if you heard my comments yesterday about it, I'm not going to go into it uh, too deeply again, but I spoke extensively about this yesterday's program. You can go to the podcast and check that out. I know what they're doing. They know that Republicans are going to take over the majority. They know they're going to have subpoena power. They know what's coming. They know the investigations are coming. And so they're racing now after doing nothing for years, they're racing to cut a sweetheart deal for Hunter Biden. There's no doubt, no doubt in my mind. President Trump yesterday uh, slammed 
the minority leader, Senate minority leader Mitch McConnell, for pulling funding from the Arizona race and also criticized Mitch McConnell for favoring Lisa Murkowski. And I'll tell you what's a shame, that Alaska voting, that that process of ranked voting, they call it, is awful, just awful. He called uh, Mitch McConnell, quote, the old broken crow. Mitch McConnell is authorizing $9 million to be spent against Kelly Trevaca. How about that? Now, how about instead of doing that, how about you spend that money on somebody like Blake Masters who could actually win in a wave election? I'm telling you, if it's a wave election, even Blake Masters is going to win. This Kelly is terrible. Senator Mark Kelly. Absolutely terrible. All right. When Kirk Conover arrives, we're going to talk a bit of Phillies. We're going to talk a little bit of Eagles. What else did I say? We're going to talk a little bit about the great resignation, and we have data to prove it. And we went right to the Bureau of Labor Statistics. So no one, no one can say we're just inventing this stuff. And a bunch more. Then we have Chuck Malamut. Then we have Dr. Bob. And most important quotient, we have you. So we're always a winner. And my beloved New York Yankees tonight at 7.37 p.m., Looking forward to that. That's it. First quarter's over. We'll be right back. Hang in there. We're going to beam up Captain Kirk. WPGG Atlantic City, WENJHD3 Millville, a Town Square media station. Everything you need to know in six minutes starts now. From Harry Hurley Way in the world's playground... To the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Thank you. Welcome back. Kirk will join us in just a moment. Six minutes past the hour of this portion of Hurley in the Morning brought to us in part by Batteries Plus Bulbs with stores in Northfield, New Jersey at 900 Tilton Road and on Route 73 in Mount Laurel, New Jersey. So if you were heading uh, on the expressway, you could get off. I used to know the exit by the number. I drove it for 20 years, uh, but uh, it's the Ancora exit. And then you would just keep going straight and boom, you'll pop right into uh, right onto Route 73. Very, very simple to get to. Roy, Scott and their team are extraordinarily service minded. They have creative solutions to fix your cell phones and tablets, your batteries for various power tools, cars, boats, motorcycles, golf carts, and other devices. They have performance batteries. They have what you need to get ready for storm season, including generators and so much more. Shop local. Shop batteries plus bulbs and mention my name. I watched guest listener Frank 
from Absec, and I watched him do it. I was in the store. I watched him do it, and I watched him smile when he received a very nice discount. Tell Roy and Scott and their great team at Batteries Plus Bulbs that Harry Hurley in the morning sent you. One other item that we would love to promote, uh, 97.3 ESPN is one of our sister stations, literally uh, a door, one studio from me, and they're your home for the Philadelphia Phillies. You can catch today's game at 1 p.m. on 97.3 FM. They are branded as 97.3 ESPN. 1 p.m. today, Phillies playoff action. I've heard a lot of people say this, that you don't want to be playing the Phillies right now. Well, today starts the campaign. Let's bring Kirk on, talk a little bit about that. Talk a little bit about Ron, uh, Rob Thompson receiving the full bird title of manager, interim removed. He's the manager of the team. And two more years after this season. What do you think about that, Kirk? Well, it's a pleasure to be on the program with you and talk to Phillies. I think it was a great move and well-deserved. Um, he took a a team with a lot of talent that was playing lackluster and totally energized them. And it was uh, an illustration that a manager does more than just set the lineup card, determine, you know, pitching changes, uh, positioning of players it's a whole management of people uh and that's all you heard after he took over and they went on that 12 or 14 game winning streak um that got them back into the into the mix uh, all you heard was that there was a different atmosphere in the clubhouse and people and you know players enjoyed coming to the clubhouse uh, coming early working out early and it's all the managerial touch of, you know, relating to the players and making them feel comfortable, and they produced. So he deserves it. Yeah, I totally agree. Earned and deserved. That's exactly my uh, feeling about it. I remember him. He was a bench coach with the Yankees, a uh, bench coach for Girardi. And it is amazing, though. Uh, I always you – can't, you can't ever prove these things – but if, say, the Yankees didn't fire Girardi today and then starting tomorrow, he goes on a 12, whatever it was, 12, 13, 14 straight. I think it was 12, but you might be right. It could be even longer, but I know it was at least 12. And then if he had gone on that winning streak, Girardi would still be the manager. It's it's almost like they started winning a day too late for Girardi, just in time for Thompson. Thompson's the benefactor because, honestly – I mean, I always believe somebody like Joe Torre, for example, I can't prove this, Kirk, but I think Joe Torre is worth at least 10 wins a year just by strategic decisions that he makes, the lineup, pitching, decisions, and all these things. Now, of course, uh, I heard, who was it? Um, Somebody we know talking about it, how they basically, they've just taken so much out of the manager's control with all the metrics i forget who it was oh i think it was um joe madden joe madden spilled the beans that the uh, general manager called him in the dugout to take trout out of a game which now you know baseball kirk 
better than almost anybody that I know. That's a line you don't cross. Managers manage. The the front office people do what they do. And it's not supposed to be the general manager calling the dugout phone and saying, take out a player. Uh, Joe Madden revealed that. And he also talked about how the metrics, cyber metrics now uh, rule. You know, they, they I, I, I think Girardi was one of the first. He had the book, and I thought, oh, man, look at this thing. He's got a book, and, like, everything is predicated upon what that book tells him to do. That takes the whole Joe Torre gut instinct, a Tommy Lasorda, whoever you want to say. Uh, I'll throw Joe Madden in that category, too, because he's a winner. Uh, I don't think he was treated. I thought he was treated very shabbily uh, on the way out of the Los Angeles Angels of, uh, you know, Anaheim. So what are your thoughts about that, how the gut instinct of the manager has been replaced by this new breed of cybermetrics? I don't like it. It makes me uh, cringe when I hear, you know, the the announcers at these games talk about, well, this player uh, against lefties, uh, when the sun's out, uh, has a number that says, you know, you should pinch hit for him with with so-and-so who's got uh, 20 points higher in this measurement or that measurement. I'm like, I'm like crazy. And what I really uh, reveled in was uh, Friday's game with the Phillies. You know, they were down. It looked like they were going to fade out. Um, and they dinked and dunked their way. Uh, to six runs in the ninth yeah. to pull it off. And everything that the cybermetrics people said about this tendency or that tendency with the Phillies batters, the Phillies did the opposite. Yeah, and they'll also tell you that if you're losing 2 nothing going into the ninth inning, that there's a 98% chance you're going to lose the game. They have all these numbers for everything. But that's why you play the games, and that's why you you want to keep, in my estimation, you want to keep the human element. Yeah, and I I look back. Uh, I think the the greatest human element uh, manager of all time was Jim Fergosi. I mean that that ninety three Phillies team that finished last the year before they come back with basically the same players the next year and they go to the World Series. Yeah, I'm willing to put him on a high list. I think Joe Torre obviously runs circles around him. He won three straight, should have been a fourth. Uh, 2001 was in the bag and uh, something you never see. Mariano Rivera just didn't get it done. Uh, so I, w- I would put Torre ahead of Fregosi, but that's that's undeniably uh a phenomenal turnaround and you can't really and i won't uh split hairs with you on that let me ask you about this what do you think in in advance of next year the bags are going to be bigger that's obviously going to change the the game i don't think they're going to be the bag won't be any closer for the runner to touch it it's just going to be wider which i think is helpful for the first baseman and maybe you avoid uh injuries leg injuries arm injuries when the players are just you know too confined there so that's not i don't think that's going to be a huge deal although i will say this though that probably will make the distance to second base shorter by whatever difference that i mean the big bag has to it has to mean something 
unless they position it in such a way that they don't change the distance in any of the directions. But you have to line a bag up with the line. So anyhow, I don't want to get too caught up on that because I want to ask you about the um, the pitchers are going to be on a time limit. Batters are going to be on a time limit. Batters will only be able to call timeout once during an at-bat. What do you think of these speed-up rules? I, uh, I used to not think too much about them um, because baseball is a, a very deep, uh, contemplative, cerebral game. I mean, the game that goes within the game is the pitcher, the catcher, and the batter. And what's going on? And I don't know that rushing through, um, you know, a, a, an at bat or a pitching sequence is going to improve the game. But I will say this: from my observation, when I've seen the speed up rules in action, uh, like in spring training games or whatever, um, most players conform with those rules really easy. I mean, 20 seconds between pitches, I mean, that's not hard to conform with. I know that I always got the ball right back from the catcher and got right back on the rubber and was ready to go. Um, So I don't think it's going to make a a big deal. Here's a change that I thought was a big deal. And I understand that, you know, baseball interest is down. You look at in America – Especially, I mean, I think the Dominican Republic is saving baseball right now because it is down in terms of America. We see communities can't even field uh, a league anymore and things like that. But they took some they took, I think, significant strategy when they said you have to bring a pitcher in for three hitters because now you're telling the other team now they can put a left handed hitter in or a right handed hitter in because they know that that pitcher has to stay for at least three batters. And I know, look, it, it, it got crazy. You'd, you'd have somebody come in for one batter. They take the pitcher out. They bring somebody else in. But, you know, they have less players on the team now than they used to, which I, I don't understand that either. I don't even know why you would do something like that. But they've done that as well. So you have fewer pitchers, actually. And now a pitcher has to pitch to three batters minimum. What do you think of that? I disagreed with that rule completely. I mean, so a guy comes in and he's he, he's totally off. He can't find the strike zone or he's getting bombed. You know, everybody, you know, you can't take him out if he gives up two straight homers. Come on. I right, mean, or if he walks two straight batters. Or, for example, if Kirk's coming up and he's batting right-handed and I want to bring a right-hand pitcher in, and then Harry, who is a right-hander, but we'll just say I'm a switch hitter or I'm, or I'm a lefty. I come up, and then they want to bring in a left-hand pitcher to pitch to me. They take that strategy away from the game. I don't. I don't think. I don't like that. I never liked that rule. It's to me, it um, goes to the basics of managing a game and managing your pitchers and making sure you have the right pitchers uh, in between your starters. Uh, and the idea that the, you know they have all these one inning specialists—that—that—that's another thing I hate about this metrics. Oh, it, it's terrible! My goodness, I mean, a seventh inning setup guy, your eighth inning guy, your ninth inning guy. Ugh, I want to throw up. It's terrible. What do you think of Aroldis Chapman 
missing practice. Practice? We're talking about practice? He misses practice. They left him off the American League Division Series roster. And, and he's, he's in a contract year. He's done. He was terrible this year. Anyhow, he'll never be a Yankee again. What do you think of that? That was, uh, I think he earned it. Yeah. <laughs> you can't miss practice. Come on. I know. For playoffs? I know. Yeah, I, I, and you would think especially it's not like he's throwing 105 miles an hour anymore. And he's has a hard time even getting the ball over the plate. He's hittable now. Uh, he, You would think a guy that's not performing well would be on his very best behavior. And he probably he would have been on the uh, the playoff roster. But he didn't show up for practice. And they said, you're out. And you know he's going to be out completely. Some of these uh, decisions these pro athletes make just, just boggle my mind. But you also have to realize that uh, a lot of them don't have the, uh, you know, like the educational background or... Uh, a background where, you know, they can think logically and reasonably about what they're supposed to do. Yeah, but they make millions of dollars, and you think somebody would say somebody, listen, you better go to practice. If you don't go to practice, it's going to be not good for you. You know, it's a very bad idea. But I hear you. Um, I just, it's your job. You know, you're getting ready for the playoffs, and they have a practice, and you don't show up, and you think you're just going to be on the lineup. Uh, I don't think so. It's like Gronkowski, you know, doesn't want to do spring training, so he'll probably come back later in the season. But that's his decision. He can do that. All right, let's get to break in. We'll be back in a little bit. Don't go away. It's Kirk Conover with yours truly early in the morning. Here's my friend, Sean Hannity. Waking up on the right side. This is the Sean Hannity Morning Minute. I'll tell you where this election is going to go to, though. It's really going to be about how badly Americans are suffering under Biden's inflation, how sick and tired are Americans are paying double what they were paying for a gallon of gasoline with no end in sight. It's going to be the wide open borders of Biden and and all the impact that that's had on the country since then. It's going to be law and order and a Democratic Party that doesn't believe in law and order. And if you don't have safety and security because you defunded the police, dismantled your police and brought into play these no bail laws, uh, then you're going to pay the price for it because people can't pursue happiness when they're not safe and secure in their town or the city that they live in. Not that complicated. Lee Zeldin a shooting right outside his home, the Republican gubernatorial candidate. You can't make this up. From coast to coast, from sea to shining sea, it's the Sean Hannity Show. Okay, from the start. The Acerola cherries. Alfalfa leaves. Aloe vera. Apples. Banana. Beets. Bell pepper. Broccoli. Blueberries. Blackberries. Cranberry. We make Texas superfood from 55 raw, vine-ripened fruits and vegetables. Pineapple. Sweet potato. Papaya. Parsley. Pear. Peach. In a capsule or a powder, one daily dose of Texas superfood delivers the healthy benefits of 55. Count them, 55 fresh fruits and vegetables, and you can see them all on TexasSuperfood.com. Raspberry, finish the nutrients that we need on a daily basis. Thousands of people benefit from taking Texas Superfood every day. Shouldn't you be one of them? Doctors, pharmacists, nurses, and your grandmother all recommend that you eat more fruits and vegetables every day. So if you can't, won't, or don't, Texas Superfood is made for you. TexasSuperfood.com. It's borderline shocking how much energy I have. 
I hope you use me for the TexasSuperfood.com. Join us on TexasSuperfood.com. TexasSuperfood.com. Hi, it's Mark Levin. Join me this evening at 6. Now back to Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio, 95.5 FM. 1450 AM, South Jersey's talk station. Thank you, great one. Mini segment because we, uh, but I'm not apologizing for it because it was so much fun. We ran long. We went way long in the uh, in the first segment with Kirk. Uh, I want to come back after the break, Kirk, so I don't want to start it now. I want to come back with the Philadelphia Eagles. Get your take. Then we'll shift gears in the second half to the great resignation, the quiet quit, and uh, all this garbage that's going on, the vice president saying, quote, nobody should be jailed for smoking weed. Uh, their priorities are so messed up. Let's chew that one over. We've got about two minutes, Kirk. Why does that even have to be said? And we know what's going on. The election is in four weeks. So Joe Biden is pardoning everyone in America that has uh, a conviction, not for distribution, but for smoking marijuana, pardoning everyone. Have you ever witnessed such pandering as this administration does? This administration is totally political. Um, As you pointed out in the 6 o'clock hour, their economic policies are just basically uh, spiteful. Uh, Anything Trump did has got to be reversed. And they're basically damaging the the individuals of the middle class, the working class, however you want to phrase it, these policies are damaging uh, individuals' retirement accounts, their ability to make a living, and, of course, the the younger generation, you know, they're softening them up uh, to be, you know, less productive and more dependent on government, and it, it just is so damaging to the long run. I mean, this country was built on rugged individualism, entrepreneurship, free enterprise, uh, and government was there to be the referee, um, not the commander. And this attitude of this administration is just uh, totally political. They just want to keep power. doesn't matter how it affects the, the country, how it affects the individuals that you're supposed to Represent. They're not improving anybody's life by doing any of this. You know, they're introducing one more intoxicant to uh, to the to the populace. I mean, how does that do anything for anybody? It's just, and it's just it's in keeping with their priorities. They're, they're just wrong about everything. It's stunning how incredibly wrong they are about everything: energy policy, economic policy, even the human resource value. Their policies are completely wrong about everything. I, can, I, I really try to think of one area. Can, Kirk, when we come back, before we talk Eagles, can you come up? You'll have a few minutes during the break. Can you come up with one thing that's – and I, I've been in search of it because I like to be fair. I, I did take a picture of something I saw the other day where the other side is not fair at all. So then why, you know, do we try to be so fair? Uh, I agree with that completely, but I still just, I can't explain it, but I have this motto of to be perceived as fair, you have to be more than fair. And that's probably not a good thing, especially now, because the other side is so completely wholly dishonest that you can't, you can't compete with that. If you're going to be fair uh, and they're going to be completely dishonest, unfair, uh, it just does not, it's not compatible. 
But can you, I can't, and I've tried, can you come up with one thing, anything, that's better now than two years ago? Anything. We'll be back in just a little bit. Don't go away. He's Kirk Conover. I am Hurley in the Morning. This is WPG Talk Radio 95.5, South Jersey's number one news talk radio station, all because of you and we know it. And we're also proud sister station to 97.3 ESPN, home of the Philadelphia Phillies, who have gotten through the wild card round of the playoffs. 97.3 ESPN is your official home for the Philadelphia Phillies, including 1 p.m. today, game time. We'll be back with Kirk, who was a great baseball player also. This is the Hurley in the Morning program. This is the Town Square, New Jersey Info and Weather Network. And it's Harry Hurley at 32 minutes past the hour with three stories that you can follow right now on our WPG Talk Radio 95.5 app. Atlantic City Mayor Marty Small is opposed to the change of government ballot question in Atlantic City. We have the details. Check it out. 30 years in the making, a Don P. Hurley photo. James Lights Out Tony and Dave Tiberi. They hadn't seen each other in 30 years. And a New York, I'm sorry, New Jersey Port Authority police officer uses the Heimlich. From the Town Square, New Jersey Info and Weather Network, I'm Chief Meteorologist Dan Zarrow. This should be our last chilly morning for a little while until at least the weekend as temperatures warm and humidity bumps up a little. We're going to see those temperatures jump this morning with sunshine, dry air, and dry weather. Look for a high of 71 today. Clear and comfortable tonight, low 52. 70 tomorrow, another beautiful day. We'll go from sun to clouds, but our next chance of rain, a little soaking, coming up Thursday. Get weather 24-7 or wherever you are. Download our free mobile app today. Early in the morning. WPG Talk Radio 95.5 and on the WPG Talk Radio app. WPG Talk Radio 95.5, South Jersey's number one talk station. All because of you, we know it. Uh, Kirk, I'm going to go sideways on you. We'll come back to uh, if you've come up with even one thing that's better. Now, you're a very objective person, and there's nothing weak about if we could actually come up with one, I would do it. I mean, I could name a hundred things pretty easily that are worse. I can't think of one thing that's better. Nothing. All the things they promised were going to be better, these horrible Trump policies, uh, which, of course, that's them. They were actually great working, uh, very, very working well policies that were in place. Uh International things were going to get so much better because this very experienced Joe Biden, you know, would fix all these problems. Trump was dangerous. Trump was going to get us into war. Look at Joe Biden. He's the guy saying Armageddon and crazy talk that Corrine Jean-Pierre had to five seconds later come behind and say, no, the policy of the United States of America has not changed. They have to correct this guy every single day. So sick of it. But about five minutes ago during the break, Fox News sent me an alert that they text me and Don Hurley sent it right before I came back. Tulsi Gabbard is leaving the Democratic Party. I presume that means she's becoming a Republican, but you can't assume anything anymore because the L.A. City Councilwoman, everybody thought she resigned yesterday. But all she did was resign her title as council president. So 
this much I will say. I don't know if she's becoming a Republican. Maybe she's going to become an independent. Uh, but Tulsi Gabbard is leaving the Democratic Party. Uh, and I have always found her to be a reasonable Democrat. I mean, people like Jeff Andrew, Tulsi Gabbard, they can't be Democrats. Now, I saw a blurb last week that she was going to uh, ditch the Democrat Party and become an independent. Okay. And when you watch her appearances on, um, you know, Tucker or, or Sean or, or Laura, uh, she is very reasonable. Yeah. Very logical. And her whole thing is individual liberty and freedom. Yeah. You know, she's more of a libertarian than than. Um, would ever be tolerated in the Democrat Party. So it, it makes sense. Uh, I think she still believes in a little bit of, you know, the welfare state. Um, you know, still believes a little bit that the government has to do X, Y, and Z to spur on the economy. But she's totally against uh, uh, anything that, that limits freedom of speech, um, freedom of assembly, all those things that we value as as conservatives. So yeah, she uh, interesting, and um, it's an illustration that there are no moderate Democrats left. Uh, they've eaten their own and, and thrown them away, and it's just uh, all power. You know, top down government. That's what they want. They want the power. And getting to your question, I can't think of anything that's improved. The economy's in recession. There's no question about it. The GDP contracted 2.6% um, over two quarters. Uh, inflation at 40-year high. Um, energy production down 2 million barrels a day, uh, or that equivalent. And uh, all this affects an individual. If you step back and say, as an individual, what has improved? Ask the age-old question, are you better off? now than you were two years ago i mean i don't know anybody um i'm trying to think i guess anthony fauci is better off than he was two years ago uh i'm trying to be fair here i mean i think that's a fair comment <laughs> he's added something like six or seven million to his net worth uh he's extremely famous uh he'll have book deals waiting for him and things like that anthony fauci is definitely better off than he was two years ago try to find really anybody else at any wage level the very richest to the very poorest who who could honestly say that they're doing better maybe if you're in the pharmaceutical industry or uh if you were in that uh the the you know ppe realm uh for the last couple of years something like that but very few kirk And we cannot hear Kirk. Kirk, hold on. We're to the break anyhow. We'll get you back. Uh, it's 44 minutes past the hour. It is the Hurley in the Morning program coming up in the 8 o'clock hour. Chuck Malamut following Chuck, Dr. Bob Zlotnick. So let me see here. A couple pocket Kreskin uh, feelings I'm having right now. I'm pulling for the Phillies today at 1. And, of course, I'm rooting for the Yankees tonight at 7:37 p.m. Uh, I have it somewhere in my briefcase. We have all four matchups and the start times. I'll do that on the other side of the break and Kirk will get you back uh, in just a moment. If you were speaking a moment ago, we could not hear you. So this happens. 
It's talk radio. Nobody gets hurt. We'll be right back. Don't go away. Hurley in the morning on WPG. Talk radio 95.5. The WPG Talk Radio app is your connection to South Jersey's talk station. Get free, unlimited local and statewide news from New Jersey's largest radio news team. Download all of our local shows as podcasts and more. Powered by Ambient Comfort. For installation to repairs and maintenance, give Ambient Comfort Heating and Cooling a call today at 856-213-6586. AmbientComfortNJ.com. Hi, it's Markley and Van Camp. Join us later today at 1. Now back to Hurley in the Morning on WPG, Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM, South Jersey's talk station. Thank you, Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins. I'm a huge fan. I love the show. Uh, great Great fit in our daily lineup, and uh, well done, Chris Coleman. Uh, just funny, but serious at times, smart, uh, very, very fast-moving. It's it's a really good show. Uh, the schedule that I promised uh, is as follows. It was just, just outside of my arm reach. The Phillies will open things up against the Braves in Atlanta. Atlanta, obviously, with 101 wins. How do you like them Mets, though? 101 wins and had to play a wild card series and got beat. Oh, that's going to be a long, long off season. The Braves finished also with 101 wins, but they beat the Mets uh, more than the Mets beat them, and that's the first tiebreaker. Uh, so they get the division. They got to rest. They'll play the Phillies today at home. You can listen right here on our sister station, 97.3 ESPN-FM. That's at 1.07 p.m. The next game at 3.37 p.m. on TBS is the Seattle Mariners versus the Houston Astros. Uh, again, 3.37 p.m. first pitch uh, on TBS. The next game is at 7.37 p.m. also on TBS. And that is the Cleveland Guardians, Kirk, at the New York Yankees. Yeah. I know, I know, it's ridiculous. At the New York Yankees, uh, I like the Yankees in that game. Garrett Cole is, I think, big time, big time pitcher, and uh, he's going to be really, I think, fired up. I, I like them in that game. I'm going to tell you right now, I'll go with the Dodgers in their series, but the Padres are playing very well right now. Uh, that's a team, honestly. I don't think you want to play the Phillies right now, and you don't want to play the Padres. And I think there's something to be said. I've said it for many years, Kirk, that these wild card teams that have to play until almost the last game of the season just to get in and that have to play right again, they don't get that time. I think one of the worst things you can do when you're playing well is stop playing. And you can't simulate, I don't care what they do, have a simulation game or anything else. When you're not playing, you're not playing. And I think it's a disadvantage to the Braves to the Astros, to the Yankees, and to the Dodgers. And, and I've seen it actually matter uh, in some series. So watch out for the Phillies. Watch out for the Padres. And uh, I'll never, I'll tell you, I'll never take uh, Terry Francona light. I mean, everywhere he is, he's a winner. And he's done a great job in Cleveland. They've won 92 games. Solid team. Uh, tough, tough um, uh, draw for the Yankees. And... Uh, the Mariners are also hot right now. So I think it's going to be very interesting, the playoff action. What are your thoughts about these four different series? 
Well, I think you hit it on the head. I mean, the the Padres and the Phillies, uh, the Padres really took it to the Mets. I mean, six nothing that final game, and yep. the Mets like they made them look like they were sleepwalking. Yeah. Uh, in, in the Met, in the Mets' home city field. Yeah, and they're a young team. They're yep. a young team, and uh, so is Cleveland. Cle- I think Cleveland's the youngest lineup in in the major leagues. Uh, They'll probably only get better year over year. Uh, but right now, I do think the Yankees have, have the edge. But, you know, baseball's a game that's meant to be played every day. Yeah. And a week off is not good at this time of the year. So and that's my complaint about the Super Bowl, too. There's too much time in between, you know, winning your uh, league championship and, and going to the Super Bowl. I don't like that. I think, you know, players get into a rhythm. Baseball players get into a rhythm. Success of Rob Thompson is the fact that everybody knew what their role was going to the ballpark, and they get into that rhythm. And you take a week off, you don't know how that affects uh, individual players. Some may need the rest. Some probably do not. And you're right. There's nothing that beats game conditions to make a team better. So I, I think it's going to yeah it's, it's going to be very interesting. I think the right teams won the games so far. Um, I know the Phillies. I mean, for example, you think the Padres were a better team than the Mets at the end of the year? Yes. Yeah, it, it, it is that. That is a very good point. You can win a hundred and one games. But if you're not playing at your best or if other teams are playing better, I mean, the Phillies had a period. I know you'll agree with this, Kirk. They were they were pretty awful, but they righted the ship and they're they're a very good team right now. The Mariners had a had a skid. They're playing very well right now. So it's no accident. I, I believe the teams that are in there, uh, including the teams that haven't had to play yet because they earned the, the buy, uh, the Dodgers, the Yankees, the Braves at all. Uh, so you never know, though, uh, and the American League and National League Divisional Series, Kirk, this is a five-game series, not a seven-game, right? Right. Yep. So that matters, too. I have a theory. The better team almost will always win a seven-game series. The better team doesn't always win a three-game series because, look, if you win that first game – there was a lot of pressure on the Mets. DeGrom came through in the second game. There's a lot of pressure. I mean, you lose the first game, you've got to win two straight. You win the first game, you got to only win one out of the next two. You usually will win if you win that first game. It worked that way so far this time. Uh, in, in most of the series, as you know, we're a sweep with the exception of the Mets um, and the Padres, which took three games. Uh, so in a five-game series, the better team usually wins but doesn't always win uh so i think it's this thing is wide open i guess is what i'm trying to say i i i would be hard pressed i think the yankees and the dodgers are the two best teams i said it from day one of the season but these other teams they're not going to lay down kirk no and uh, you know dodgers won 110 games that's very impressive very yeah, impressive absolutely um, yeah, I, I uh, think that they're probably the favorites. 
to win the World Series. But baseball is a game you cannot, you know, be be hard and fast. It, it's a, it's a game that uh, it's a game of inches. It's uh, crazy stuff happens. Things happen that you've never seen before. Uh, crazy bounces. Uh, it's totally unpredictable. Yep. And like I said, the team can get on a roll. The Mets won. A lot of stuff in the beginning of the year. They were 10 games ahead of Atlanta on June 1st, and they slowly just deteriorated. Yeah. And I don't mean to pile on to the Mets, but you can't deny it. They got overtaken uh, by Atlanta in that final series that they had to win, and they didn't. They got swept. Hmm. So they limped in, and, uh, yeah, at the end of the year, the teams that are playing the best are going to win no matter what happened in April and May. And uh, that's that's baseball. Kirk, final minute, closing comment. It's yours. Anything you want to talk about doesn't have to be this. Well, there's an awful lot of stuff going on with the economy. Obviously, we're in recession. Inflation's raging. Oh, could you do me a favor, Kirk? Could you tell Jamie Dimon we're in a recession? Because he says, this, this, this fool says that we're going to be in a recession six to nine months from now. Who are these people kidding? I know. It, go go tell that to anybody today that, that that goes to get four things at the store and it's $65 at the cash register. I got to be honest with you. I ordered something the other night. Uh, me, just Margie and I, two people. It was $70. 70 I mean, it's, it's, it's unbelievable what's happening. And the damage... Uh is long run in the sense that inflation distorts investment decisions, retirement decisions. It, it, it distorts so many aspects of the decision-making economy. It's very frightening, and yeah. I'm afraid that the Fed's going to keep ratcheting things up and push us into a deeper recession. Well, now that the uh, 263,000 jobs is fake, fake like uh, that, that the employment is good, when I just showed 16% have quit their jobs this year, it's sick. WPGG Atlantic City, WENJHD3 Millville, a Town Square media station. Everything you need to know in six minutes starts now. Kirk, thank you. From Harry Hurley Way in the world's playground to the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. We are back. Welcome back to Hurley in the Morning. It's six, almost seven minutes past the hour. Chuck Malamut is here. This is Chuck Malamut's weekly program with us where he talks to you all about your financial matters with Chuck Malamut. Very, very important discussion. This program is presented by Chuck Malamut, a financial advisor at Morgan Stanley. The information, views, and opinions expressed are those of Chuck Malamut and do not necessarily reflect those of Morgan Stanley or its affiliates. They are current as of the date of this broadcast, subject to change without notice. Neither the information provided nor any opinion expressed herein constitutes a solicitation for the purchase or sale of any security. This presentation is for informational purposes only. Morgan Stanley Smith Barney, member SIPC, a reminder to reach Chuck Malamut for all of your financial planning needs. Uh, Very simple to do. Just give him a call. If I've inspired you to call him, please take a moment to tell him that. And you can reach Chuck and the Malamut Group 
at Morgan Stanley's Northfield, New Jersey office at 609-383-2010. That's 609-383-2010. One other programming note. Today at 1 o'clock, you have the opportunity, 107 to be exact, is first pitch. You have the opportunity to listen on our sister station, 97.3 ESPN to the Philadelphia Phillies versus the Atlanta Braves in what is called the National League Divisional Series. It's a best of five, first to win three. The Philadelphia Phillies won, as you know, they swept the Cardinals in two games, uh, both on the road. Here, at least, they have a shot with a five-game series, you get a minimum of two games at home. And if they need all five, then the third uh, game would go to Atlanta because they had the better record. They would have what's called the home field advantage. So that's at 1.07 p.m. today on our sister station, 97.3 ESPN. That's 97.3 FM. Chuck Malamut, welcome. Good morning, Harry. Nice to see you. Good to see you. See you survived the weekend, huh? Congratulations again. Um, fantastic event. Thank you, Chuck. Um, I mean, it's you have it figured out. There's no doubt about it. It it moves along. Uh, I don't think anyone could say that the evening wasn't action packed. Ah, thanks, Congressman Drew. Jeff Van Drew was uh, a great speaker. It's kind of sobering. Uh, It was a great speech (laughs) during very troubling times. And yeah, I mean, um, certainly, you know, as you and Kirk talked about last hour and. You know, Jamie Dimon, um, and we'll get to him in a little bit. I mean, he just... I, I mean, mean, is he for real? Well, I think, Harry, here's what's happening. I mean, we are... For him to say it's going to be in a recession in six to nine months means he doesn't accept that there's one now. That's what I don't like. I, it's like he's playing the company game. Uh, give me a break. I mean, people are hurting right now. Well, look, he's the chairman of the, you know, the one of the, the world's, you know, biggest, largest, most successful profitable banks and it's true uh he got there for a reason and he's uh, and he's well respected in what he says and, and how he says it and and i think unfortunately what we're seeing here harry in perfect case in point yesterday um as these fed uh local fed presidents are are being interviewed or speaking i mean you're you're at the edge of your seat just waiting for them to say something maybe a little bit different then, you know, foot on the pedal, let's go, 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 and keep pushing rates higher and higher and higher until we, uh, you know, get get inflation under control. Now, there was some moments yesterday where I believe there were two speakers that said maybe we should sort of take a stop, a pause, a wait and see. But, Harry, there's a, and we'll get into this a little bit, there is a very, very high probability that, November one and two, with the next Fed meeting, that we're that they're going to go another seventy five, you know, basis points. Um, you know, l- last week, I mean, the, I think if you use the word whipsawed and two words, whipsawed and volatility at, at, at its finest moments. If you remember, you know, the, it, it, the beginning of the week, the market got off to a really great start, but you know, if you walked away on Friday. And I think if you polled a number of market pundits and institutional retail investors said, well, you know, how did the market do last week? And, and I would say that probably 90 percent of the people said, oh, my goodness, it was not a good week again. The market was down. But, Harry, you know, the market was actually up for the week. Uh, the S&P was up 1.6 percent. I, I guess if you use the words roller coasters, probably the best way to describe it. 
Um, we did snap a three-week uh, losing streak. Uh, stocks were seriously oversold at the beginning of the week, and and we did have a, a 5% rally in two days. But, you know, that changed very, very quickly when, you know, the, there's still this hope of this, this, the, the, this policy pivot that the Fed's going to do. But with the the stronger than hoped jobs report, and we'll cover this as well as we get into our discussion today, you know, that caused, unfortunately, a fairly massive sell-off as we got in, in through Friday and into the weekend. Uh, best sector sectors for the week, Harry, believe it or not, energy up almost 14 percent, and we'll, we can talk about why that happened. Uh, worst sectors were REITs and utilities down, you know, two to two to four percent um so you know harry where we are right now the markets have gotten to a point where all economic data that's released whether it's good or it's bad is immediately applied to the probability of future potential rate hikes by the fed Mm. uh so so last week you know most of the economic data releases were all about employment. Uh, the exception last week was on Thursday when OPEC and you know announced they were going to reduce you know, their global production and again talk, took the market you know uh, by surprise. Obviously, you know our current political leaders uh, <laughs> they they were obviously taken aback as to what happened and, and why it happened, but it, it did happen and you know unfortunately the politics does play a game. But now if you look at the averages, you know, as we got into yesterday, you know, the Dow, the S&P, the NASDAQ, down anywhere from 18 to 31 percent. Um, best performing sector is energy. Uh, the only winner year to date, up 50 percent. Uh, utilities down nine and healthcare down 12. Harry, imagine the best performing sectors are down 12 percent. Mm. Uh, on, on the flip side, the worst performing sectors continue to be communication services, uh, real estate and consumer discretionary down anywhere from 30 to almost 38 percent. And one of the things we always talked about, and this is the first time this has happened in our times together, Harry, and and the f- and first time I can remember, and though a lot of people have been in the market a lot longer, longer than we have been, is that stocks and bonds, you know, typically, you know, one one market performs and the other does not, but this year is not the case. You know, the 10-year U.S. Treasury is down – Harry, imagine putting your money to work in Treasuries in January and being down 17.5%. So that's, you know, it's kind of sobering where we are. Um, and, and if you take a look at, you know, where – you know, the pundits, you know, what are they saying? You know, we're going to get into earnings and we'll talk about that in, in a few moments. Uh, but, you know, the probability now of these rate hikes – pretty substantial i mean they're again november one and two is when the is when the fed meets uh there's an 80 percent probability right now that the fed fund target rate is going to be between three and three quarters and four percent uh at at as a result of the at the next meeting and that's an increase of about 75 basis points at that november 2nd meeting um and, and harry you know what has happened was week over week you know that that 80% probability increased by almost 40% within the last week because of the actions in the the market, particularly 
you know, what's happened with the employment report. Now, what that has fueled the Fed's continuing mindset of raising rates. You're you're absolutely correct. You How know, do we have see if you can figure this out, Chuck, because I really like to, to try to, to work these conundrums out. How do we have supposedly good news on the jobs front, but at the same time, 16 percent of Americans quit their job? I, I think that's been seriously overlooked. Um, and, and as a result of that, you know, I think when you dig into the number, the market, you know, the market. You know, I think I don't want to say overreacted, but Harry, you know, the more in in our world, what happens is, you know, you know, you shoot now and you ask questions later, and you know, <laughs> I, I take I, I take that with a grain of salt, of course, but uh, maybe I should phrase that a little bit differently. But um, but think about this for a second, and to get to that to, to your to your last point, you know, the Jolts report, mm-hmm. um, you know, the job openings and labor turnover report. That's what Jolts means. You know, last Tuesday. You know, it was reported um, that this JOLTS data, uh, you know, show that that uh, job openings total 10, slightly over 10 million in August compared to about 11 million in, in July. And and that decrease uh, was below consensus. And as a, as a result of that, Harry, uh, is a data point that the Fed looks at and the market said, well, geez, OK, maybe we can be. The Fed can be a little less aggressive um, for the remainder of the year. And as a result of that, you know, we had that rally on Monday. It continued through on Tuesday. And then as we got to the end of the week by Friday, expectations are, I mean, as, as crazy as it sounds, more people are working. The Fed does not want this. The Fed wants a slowdown, wants people unemployed, wants money to be tighter. Doesn't it sound terrible? To, wants rates to go higher because it's all about what's coming on Thursday, and that's CPI. Did you hear they, that? We're going to go to the break. I want to say. I heard, you, yeah, I heard exactly what I said. Yeah, yes. Yeah. But I'm going to say something else. But I heard it too. And, and believe me, it was well said and it was hard on the ears. Uh, Chuck, are, are you aware that Ben Bernanke won I did yet. the Nobel I, Prize Harry, today? I, <laughs> Harry, I saw that late last night. It came across and I was, it, it was, unfortunately, came late. And I was almost. Might have made the list. I was, um, no, no, I was okay. almost, no, I was almost tempted to call you. Yeah. But I figured you had you you were getting some much deserved rest. Oh, thank you. And I didn't want to I didn't want to wake you up. So very kind. Um, ben Bernanke, Nobel Peace Prize. We will be back. I mean, you, just, you can't make certain things up. It's eighteen minutes past the hour with Chuck Malama talking all about your financial matters. I am early in the morning. WPG Talk Radio ninety five point five and on the WPG Talk Radio app. It's early in the morning, anytime, anywhere, on the WPG Talk Radio app. Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. We are back. He is Chuck Malama talking all about your financial matters and a reminder to reach Chuck and the exceptional Malamut group at Morgan Stanley's Northfield, New Jersey office for all of your financial planning needs. Simple to do. And I always have this with me. So if you ever send me an email... Uh, I will, and you just can Google me. My picture pops up. You click on it. You can get right to me 24 hours a day. 609-383-2010. That's the number to reach Chuck. 609-383-2010. Chuck. Harry, so the September jobs report uh, that came Friday, you know, we were sitting on the, on our, the edge of our seats, you know, as a result of the Jolts report earlier in the week, the expectations 
were that <clears throat> we would have less people working. And unfortunately, and again, it sounds crazy when you say it, unfortunately, that was not the case. Um, you know, the unemployment rate did drop. September U.S. payrolls did decline modestly, but we added 263,000 <clears> new jobs in September uh, compared to the 315,000 that were added in August, Harry. And uh, the unemployment rate dropped back to 3.5% after moving up to 37 in August. And, and as you said so very well, and you, Kirk, talked about it, the labor force participation rate dropped. I mean, the problem is, you know, people have either gone through, they've retired, they've quit, they've done, as you know now, what is referred to as quiet quitting, uh, you know, I'll do only what I have to do to survive. You know, average hourly earnings did increase 5% year over year. Um, so the, the problem that the Fed has with with these numbers is that there's too many people working. <laughs> too many people working. And at the same time, no one can find anybody to work. There's so many, like, dichotomies here. How's that also? It's it, it doesn't you know you you look. Restaurants been, are closing. We've been uh, doing this a long time together, and and it just things it, are happening that have never happened before, right? Harry, yeah, and All there's the a yeah, and there's a lot of things that you know we go off air and we talk about that we you know that we're not going to share with your listeners because we can't. Um, but you have to admit it is kind of rich though that we have this conundrum of people can't find people to work. But we have too many people working. <laughs> exactly. That's really where we're at yeah, right now. We we do now. So so Harry, as a as a as a result of all this, you know the 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 Fed, you know they are on a mission, Harry. Okay, they are definitely on a mission. Um, you know, last week, the Reserve Bank of Australia increased their rates by twenty five basis points um and the thought is okay that increase was smaller than expected and you know the short of the shot heard around the world was maybe just maybe central banks might slow the pace of these hiking cycles that we're going through right now and in the upcoming months but but the fed harry i don't know how many times last week because you know these the local Fed presidents, you know, the Fed president in Cleveland, Dallas, you know, they, they, they're constantly, you know, speaking, you know, whether it's in a in like a, a lunch meeting or a convention or whatever it may be. And, and, and they reinforce their message. Yeah. Even the that, Fed vice chair is talking out loud now. Yeah. Aren't so, too many people talking? I think so. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. I, I, so so Fed officials. Up until yesterday, Harry reinforced the message that rates are going to need to move higher and stay higher for some time, you know, to beat down inflation. Uh, you know, now the problem is you got energy prices. They did moderate, you know, over the last several months. However, going the up. price at the pump now has moved up a and lot. You're, and you're not going to hear that. You heard about every day the price of the pump went down. Yeah, how many but, days in a but row? But you haven't and, heard that yeah, of, of late. And, Dishonesty. You, you know, as, as a result of that, you know, so what happened was OPEC, you know, last week, you know, decided 
that you know they are going to uh, slash oil production uh, by about two million barrels a day, and, uh, and that that is crushing, isn't it? And they cited and the reason was that they they are expecting a slowdown in global demand, not just here, but you know, look at I mean, look at what's happening in Europe. I, I, I mean, people are you know they're buying firewood. I mean, they're doing everything they can you know to stay in front of a you know of of the winter they're relighting um, coal factories and 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 and, and biden uh you know ordered the release of 10 million more barrels from the u.s strategic petroleum reserve um i don't know harry how that's going to help per se uh but look november 8 is right around the corner and i don't want to use the word pandering but you know the things that we have seen of late, you know, student loan, 10000 a person, uh, the misdemeanors being wiped off for, you know, marijuana. for marijuana, uh, releasing the strategic oil, you know, from the st- strategic oil reserves. We don't go political in this show. You know that. And you do a good job, you Thank know, you. telling, you know, your listeners that this hour is not political. But everything that we are seeing right now, Harry, I mean, November 8 cannot come. It's November 8, correct? It is. Cannot come quick enough. Cannot come quick enough. No doubt about it. You hit your mark right on time. We're approaching 30 minutes past the hour. Much more important content with Chuck Malamut coming up right after the break. To reach Chuck and the Malamut Group at, at uh, Morgan Stanley's Northfield, New Jersey office, 609-383-2010, 609-383-2010. And I'm going to share with you in just a moment uh, three stories that you can follow right now on the WPG Talk Radio 95.5 app if you navigate our digital content on the website that's wpgtalkradio.com and also today at 1 p.m our sister station 97.3 espn you can catch all of the phillies action phillies versus the atlanta braves in hotlanta game one of the five game series and this the winner of this series is getting very very close to the World Series. The Phillies are in there. And Chuck, your second favorite team, formerly your number one team, has given Rob Thompson a two-year contract and taken the title interim away, made him the full-fledged manager, I say earned and deserved. Yeah, learned and earned and, and very well respected. Yeah. There's no doubt about it. He turned that team around, Harry. Yeah. Um, I mean, there, there's nothing to be said about it. You know, you want to play for your manager, and I think you're seeing that here. And um, I, I do agree with what you guys talked about last hour. I said you get a hot team, yep. uh, they're hard to stop. I think Dodgers are going to be fine. They're just phenomenal. I think they're actually, <clears throat> and you're not going to be upset with this, I think they're actually the best team in baseball. But you have to play the games. But they have a hot team right now that they're playing. They they That's been able to play through. They are playing a very good uh San Diego team, much improved uh you know from the All-Star break and the thing is though that their pitchers had to pitch. The Dodgers have their pitchers they, rested and lined rested, up. Right, right, this right, could be right. absolutely amazing. Uh, I wish I could stay up for it uh, honestly. Yeah, it's a 9:35 start. Yeah, it's yeah. a late game. Terrible for, sure. for me. All right, we'll be right back with Chuck. Powered by the all-new Bet Parks New Jersey Casino and Sportsbook app, BetParks.com. This is the Town Square New Jersey Info and Weather Network. 31 minutes past the hour. Harry Hurley, three stories that you can follow right now 
on the WPG Talk Radio 95.5 app. Atlantic City Mayor Marty Small is opposed to the change of government, government ballot question. And we have a fair and balanced piece all about that, including the flyer that he has paid for out of his campaign uh, to ask voters to defeat the question. 30 years in the making, a Don P. Hurley photo. We've got it. James lights out Tony, Dave Tiberi. I watched the fight. I watched it live. It was just extraordinary in the outcome. From the Towns for New Jersey Info and Weather Network, I'm Chief Meteorologist Dan Zero. The air is dry, the weather is dry, and skies will be bright and sunny once again today. Look for a high of 71 degrees this afternoon. Tonight, clear and comfortable. Not as cold as the past couple of nights with a low of 52. Another beautiful day tomorrow with increasing clouds, high of 70. A few rounds of showers and thunderstorms looking likely on Thursday. Could be some heavy rain and gusty winds involved. Get weather 24-7 wherever you are. Download our free mobile app today. King's Grant. Early in the morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM. Sean Hannity this afternoon at 3. Now, early in the morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. And we continue with 39 minutes past the hour. Chuck Malamut, we have Dr. Bob Zlotnick on deck coming up in the 9 o'clock hour. The president and the chief executive officer of Atlantic Prevention Resources. Looking forward to that and much more important content with Chuck Malamut talking all about your financial matters uh, Chuck, World Trade Organization, what are they talking about? So, Harry, I guess this, this is now a game of pylon. You know, remember how you played that as a kid? Oh, yeah. You know, just the pile got bigger and yeah. bigger and bigger. So now... You, you want to be on the top. You don't want you to be on the bottom. Be, I don't know. You want to be on the bottom. You want to be... In, I don't know if you want to be in the middle, though. I think I'd rather be on the bottom than in the middle. Yeah, but you're, if you're on the bottom, you're taking all the weight. You're taking all the weight. Yeah, but you got the ground support in you. Uh, yeah, okay, I got what you're saying. You're right. Weird things can happen. So any, any, anyway, the World Trade Organization uh, last week expected that uh, the global trade will grow by 1% in 2023. Global economic growth should slow to about 2.3%. And this is because of supply chain disruptions. They have improved somewhat, Harry. Uh, bringing down the cost to transport goods back and forth. Uh, but again, these these very, very high, sharp increases with interest rates, geopolitical tensions, they're, unfortunately, they're everywhere. It's not just here in our country. Um, you know, and, and, and last but not least, and you saw just again yesterday over the weekend, COVID, you know, in China particularly, I mean, they're they're going. Through, I don't know, Harry, if you're aware that they're locked down again over the weekend. They had their week long holiday, and uh, now all of a sudden the COVID cases are, are spiking. So they're basically shut down uh, again. Which so, and as I said, you said it very very well. You know, the the vaccines they have in place obviously aren't getting it done. So. So that's what the World Trade Organization, or WTO, is saying about where they think the world is going to be, Harry, mm. over, over the next year. Not, again, kind of sobering stuff. Yeah. And, and just another organization sort of, you know, piling on, saying, you know, here's where we stand, not only in the U.S., but overseas as well. Very well said, Chuck Malamut. Third quarter earnings season, where are we at? So, Harry, um, you know, we... We are right around the corner here. Um, you, you know, actually this week, what we're going to see as that, uh, you know, third quarter earnings are going to start. 
and they're going to start kind of fast and furious. Uh, when you think about it, we're going to start on Wednesday. Uh, one, one company, Pepsi Co. reports, they're always the first. Thursday, there are uh, s- uh, seven different companies, including Delta Airlines and BlackRock, Walgreens. And then on Fridays, Friday's Big Friday hire. Oh, yeah. Uh, thir- you know, Thursday, C- and on, th- on top of th- earnings on Thursday, we have CPI. And there hasn't, you, you know, as we're ramping up, and we'll talk about this in a few minutes, hasn't been a lot of discussion Mm-mm. about CPI. But on Friday, you know, uh, all the, a lot of the big banks, uh, J.P. Morgan, your favorite guy, Jamie Dimon, uh, Citigroup, Wells Fargo, PNC, United Health. First Republic Bank, U.S. Bank Corp., and then Morgan Stanley. They all reported. And you're going to get a really good sense of where we, where we are in the economy because what is happening now, these earnings revisions continue to move downward, um, you know, as, you know, as we move deeper into these higher, higher rate hikes uh, within the, the economy. So, um, you, you know, it's one thing to move, to move your earnings down. It's another, and I think everybody's going to be really, really interested in the guidance. Mm. You know, what are these companies saying with respect to their earnings, their company, and the general economy? And I think we're going to get a really good sense of that. And it takes about another two weeks for big tech to report. And as you know, yesterday, Harry, the NASDAQ, unfortunately, hit a two-year low. Yeah. Uh, Pre-market today. Off again, I will tell you, I, we checked on the last break, the futures have come back somewhat. Yeah. But, you know, investors are, you know, look, if they're very, very anxious right now. Uh, you know, no one likes to lose money. And, and especially you put your plans in place. You know, here's what I want to have happen in 5, 10, 15, 20 years. And then we get into it. You know, we, we get into a situation that we have right now where, unfortunately, you, you know, there's just a lot of red on the screen right now. Chuck, in 23 hours and 20 minutes, Jim Malamut will talk about this. Let's have Chuck Malamut talk about it now. Mortgage rates and the housing market. Well, Harry, as you know, uh, the 30-year fixed-rate mortgage just last week, I believe, or the week before, topped 7%. I believe it topped out at 708, and it it came back down, you know, a little bit. I think it's maybe six and three quarters right now. But but what we're seeing here, you got the, you know, you think about, how quickly this happened. I mean, it was just January and these rates have pretty much have almost doubled, yeah. you know, from that point in time. So you have the, the magnitude of, of these rate of these increases with mortgage rates, the speed, how quickly it happened. It basically upended the housing market. You know, you have I talked to a couple of realtors. I, I, I talked to uh, one at your at your dinner. Um, and I, you know, and for the local area, I talked with another lady yesterday for North Jersey and I'm hearing the same thing. Uh, and I think you're hearing it, Harry, everywhere that it has slowed down to a snail's pace. I mean, you know, think about sellers don't want to sell because they have, let's say they have a 3% mortgage yeah, because they don't want to buy and have a 7% and have mortgage. a 7%. Yeah. So, so. So you do have a little bit of and a And there's lot. still an inventory problem. Well, you, you, yeah, but I think that's going to correct itself is because there's still con- new construction out there. So, you know, you've had a decline, obviously, in activity. You know, Hasn't just, that weakened, though, too? It has, but... You, but it, it was underway. Yeah, and so yeah. you've had, you've had a, a decline in activity, 
But again, as you mentioned, the, the impact on prices hasn't come down yet, but it will, Harry. I mean, think about it. You know, let, let's say I checked mine the other day with uh, Joanne Daly. We do it twice a month with Joanne and with Jim, and we were down 0.7 percent, something like that. Not, not yeah, a big problem. It's, 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 you know, you have to. I mean, that's you're talking about Zillow. Yeah. Um, I think you have to take all that with a grain of salt. I, I mean, do. It's, it's, I do. It's great to look yeah. at it, but it's just a matter, you know, when it when it does happen, are you going to be able to? So in our world, hit the bid. You're going to yeah. get your price. Yeah. Um, that that could spell trouble. I mean, it will. Look, this is think about everything that we've talked about. Everything that's happened here, it's all a result of what the Fed wants to do and what the Fed is doing, and it's all wrapped around inflation. You know, if we did not get that that. Re- bad report last go around Mm -hmm. i don't think we'd be in the same situation that we're in right now yeah i agree completely chuck malama continues all about your financial matters right after this with chuck this is early in the morning wpg talk radio 95.5 and on the wpg talk radio app Listen for the morning edition of the O'Reilly Update with Bill O'Reilly at 1015 this morning. Now, Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Thank you. 53 minutes past the hour. The hour has just flown by with Chuck Malamut talking all about your financial matters. 609-383-2010 to reach Chuck and the Malamut Group. 609-383-2010 for all of your financial planning needs. Chuck Multinational Companies. Yeah, so Harry, let's uh, let's finish up here on Q three for a second, okay. uh, which you know, which is which kind of leads into the multinationals. So there's a lot of companies that that are on the S and P five hundred. You know, most are multinational. Take a look at what's happening to the to the surge that we've had in the U S dollar. Great if you're going to go on vacation because mm-hmm. uh, the dollar is obviously worth more. You get better spending power, but unfortunately. What I think you're going to see with a lot of these multinational companies now, they're going to end up using the dollar, you know, as a reason why they could potentially be missing Q3 earnings. Ooh. All right. So they'll say the strong dollar is the reason. Well, think about it. You know, the dollar's up substantially, up, you know, 13, 15, 20% at times. Uh, Like I said, you go to Italy, it's great for you as a traveler because you're going to get more bang for your buck. But you know, if you are multinational, um, I mean, I can immediately think of a Coca-Cola or a PepsiCo, for as an example, or you know, a large, you know, um, a large bank. I mean, they're 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 multinationals. They're everywhere here, and um, you know, you think about you know how much more expensive it is to do business overseas because of what's happened with our dollar, mm-hmm. and then they bring those try to bring those earnings back. I think that they're going to probably use this uh, as one of the reasons as why they're potentially not hitting the mark in, in, in the third quarter. But again, I think, Harry, we're going to have a really good idea as to where we are by the end of this week. By Friday, close of business, you have, again, you know, CPI coming, you have earnings coming. Um, so maybe the market will paint a different picture, you know, as we get into next week. Strong comment. Um, so, are we done with multinational companies in the dollar as well? Or we are. And let, me, let me let me let me kind of take a step back. Yep. La- it was pretty spectacular at the beginning of last week. You know, Monday Tuesday, Monday Tuesday, the markets were up five percent. Uh, you know, again, you know, you kind of flip the page, start the fourth quarter. 
everybody's in a good mood. We get get we got September out of the way, which is always a you know just a, a pretty lousy month in the market. So we we have Monday Tuesday with a with a pretty significant rally. Uh, market was significantly oversold, negative sentiment, um, and, and a view that the, that the Fed might might just take the you know might take their foot off the pedal a little bit. Uh, unfortunately, Harry, you know, as we got to the end of the week, that was not the case. Uh, you know, the market did did sell off, although we kind of you know we we limped away you know, with, with a minor victory for the week. Um, so if you think about, you know, market sentiment, it's, you know, we always talk about the, you know, in a, in a positive market, the, the, mar- the glass being half empty. Unfortunately, right now, wherever you turn, you know, the glass is, the yeah. glass is half empty. It's half not empty. half full. Yeah, maybe so, not even. What, what was, go back half a step, and it's not totally a departure from this, but, what was the glorious reason for those first two beautiful days in October? Because they were fantastic. Oversold conditions. Okay. Market sentiment. All right. Quarters over. Yeah. Uh, you know, again, you know, remember what they what happens. Was when, there? I mean, there was obviously a hope it was going to continue. Right? Well, you know, it's if you get to these quarter ends and you and and you get to uh, optioned expiration, there's there's what I want to call a lot of window dressing. You know, where a lot of portfolio managers. You know, they might have been long equities, but they only have to report every, in mutual fund every quarter. So they'll maybe sell securities going into the end of the quarter because they want to have more cash so they can show their investors that they weren't, you know, 100% invested. So, so that does hurt a little bit as well. But, Harry, look, here's where we are right now. Falling earnings expectations. We kind of chatted about that. The Fed on this path of, of tightening, tightening. The yield curve inverted and it's been inverted for it seems like for several months now that's just that's the two years versus the 10-year spread and uh, 10-year bonds and there's about a 50 basis point differential right now europe energy you know european energy crisis i mean it we're very fortunate to live here as as bad as sometimes we think it is here go over there all right and, uh, and, and experience no, what no they're doubt. going through chuck you you nearing four decades in the financial services industry how would you verbalize the current environment in terms of dour periods that you've gone through? Well, you know, Harry, it's always <laughs> – I thought about this um, just the other day, and I kind of wish I had taken the opportunity to write – I don't want to say write a book or my memoirs or just sort of take note of what happened. Because you, you know, the you, feelings in real time – When you live through it, yeah. it's 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 – it's pretty painful, yeah. and it's the same thing I think in anything in life. It's when you experience, you know, a family matter, you know, a death or someone is, you know, very very sick, and you know, it's just living through that moment. Yeah. It's it's very very painful. Like two thousand eight, two thousand nine, we knew what that was then, and it was Year, awful. And it, it was, was awful. I remember but Harry, years later. I you remember. Forget. I remember driving in Tennessee at night, listening. To the radio, because I couldn't, didn't have serious satellite radio when that car I, I rented, you know, when they're talking about TARP. Wow. I can remember that. Yeah. All right? So. 20 seconds. So, look. Um, things, you know, obviously glass half empty. What we have to do is we got to flip that and get it half full. And, Harry, we will get there. I think we just have to be patient. We have every time. I'm, I'm with you. I'm totally optimistic. 
it is what it is for now, but it's not our it's not permanency. So on a, on a positive note, I'll root for your Phillies. You and Kirk. I'll How about root, my Yankees? I'll, absolutely. Thank you. And then you got to root for that team on, I'm, the, le- I'm on ro- the left coast. I, hey, listen, I'm rooting for the Dodgers. Tonight. And I, you have you have kind of kind of bluish blackish shirt, yeah, yeah. so I like. What I, you feel got on I feel good. I feel good. Bob Zlotnick is next. Thank you, Chuck. Have a good day, Harry. You too, buddy. WPGG Atlantic City, WENJHD3 Millville, a Town Square media station. Everything you need to know in six minutes starts now. From Harry Hurley Way in the world's playground to the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. We are back. It is approaching seven minutes past the hour. I am thrilled to report that if you follow the early in the morning calendar, then you know that Dr. Bob Zlotnick is here. Plus, Dr. Bob, we've been promoting you uh, quite a bit this morning in advance of your all-star appearance. Good to see you. What's happening? Opening comments. Well, we wrapped up our 14th annual Meg Lindsner Memorial Bocce Tournament. This year it was named for the first time. It was the Bob Rothhaus, Benjamin F. Edwards & Company Oh, Memorial. Yeah. You had a title Meglin. sponsor. We did. We had. We we've always had a title sponsor, and we've you. never reached that level in in donations. And this year, we did have a uh, a large enough donation. I don't want to mention the amount on the radio, but um, we did have uh, a large enough Fantastic. donation. Uh, Bob Rothhaus and Benjamin F. Edwards and Company uh, sponsored the entire tournament. So it's now it was named this year the the Bob Rothhaus and Benjamin F. Edwards 14th Annual Meg Linsner Memorial Bocce Tournament. So it's a big you. name. but Well, it's worth it. Yeah, it was. And, you know, we've always put that on our and it, it's really been the only unsold level of sponsorship that we've ever had. And I, and I considered lowering that amount and then I thought eh, why? You keep it where it is and you'll get it. Yeah. And you got it. And we did. Last year we had uh, something that was just slightly less, about 80% of it. And uh, this year that same sponsor increased his sponsorship. And uh, so it was, it was, and, and they, um, they performed very well in the tournament. Wow. He he entered two teams. That's exciting. Yeah. So tell us how it went. Well, it was, you know, it was, the last few years have been a challenge uh, to get people out. That's probably the biggest challenge. And that was never a problem before, right? Never a problem. You were gangbusters. We, we had over 30 teams for several years. I mean, years in a row. I mean, a, dec- a decade or more, we had 30 teams play. And um, and it was an all-day tournament. It was for a long time. Let me give you a little just b- bit of background for anybody who hasn't heard. We, we do an annual bocce tournament, Columbus Day weekend, in memory of Meg Linsner who was a former board member, uh, past president of APR, and um, died tragically at the age of 39 as a result of a car accident. And um, she had been sober uh, 23 years at the time of her death. She got clean and sober at 16 years old. And she was a very valued member of our community, helped a lot of young women um, get clean and sober themselves. And um, and you knew her. I did. Yes. I mean, we weren't friends, but we we were colleagues. We yeah. worked together. Yep. And and I interacted pretty closely with her over the years. You know, as as board president and and as a board member. Yeah. And she was a fantastic person, and she passed about nine months b- before we started the bocce tournament, and it was just a fluke. The first year we did it on a shoestring budget. Our lunch was a hot dog cart. Yeah, you did it not knowing that she, we if, had no if idea. you would ever do it again. We did it to, to honor her one yeah. time. Yeah. 
and her family came. We had some support. We had uh, we played at the um, the bocce courts at Birch Grove Park, yep. which was free. So overhead was low. We had some sponsors. We didn't have a raffle that year. We just had a hot dog cart. We raised about two thousand dollars between two and three. I, I remember drilling down on like, hey Bob. Bocce? <laughs> then I, I remember hearing that, that bocce, you don't say bocce ball because that's like ball ball, but then I found out that's not true. Bocce doesn't mean bocce ball. Bocce means kiss, right. apparently, yeah. But I remember somebody said, no, no, don't say bocce but, but ball. Bocce ball is. Bocce, bocce ball is like saying ball ball. I said, I don't think so. But anyhow, I remember drilling down and saying, how'd you get this? And it has really worked out. It has. And we have raised over $200,000. We just hit $200,000. And I, and, and this I year always know for the last. What I know it's 14th annual because yeah. we know we're 15th. Right. So it's right. Been, you know, the, both of these, these are now what you do and what we do. These are mature events that have a reputation. They've been around now. Mm-hmm. So the, after the first year, we are the winners of our first year tournament. I don't know how they heard about it. We didn't do a lot of PR, but apparently this group of um, players from the Four Seasons in Smithville, they have a bocce league. Yeah. Uh, they had a bocce league. I don't know if they – I'm sure they still have one. There were over 200 players annually that played all summer long. Yeah, that league. place is huge for bocce. Yep. I learned that from you. And I didn't know at the time. Yeah. I didn't know anything about bocce. Yeah. And so uh, a team from the Four Seasons won the first year. And they came up to me and invited me to host our tournament at their courts. Wow. And that they would run the tournament essentially for us. They would get us teams. They w- We could have the lunch there. We could do everything there. They also had three courts that were outside. So that we could expand our our um, playing ability, uh, you know, the number of games that we could play, the matches, uh, from two courts to three courts. So in theory, that's spectacular. You know, that's fifty percent more yeah. courts, more playing yeah. time. So, yeah. so we did that. The first year, I think we raised five or six thousand. So we almost doubled, more yeah. than doubled yeah. our our income, and then. Over the next five, six, seven years, we gradually grew it to where we had very close to thirty-six teams one year. Uh, we had uh, we had a thirty-six. Um, I'm sorry, a thirty-two team bracket. And was that thirty-two was team full. bracket with double elimination? That was single single elimination. elimination. Single okay. elimination. Yeah. Um, and we had timed. We had to have timed uh, matches because we just didn't. Yeah. We, we wanted to finish it in one day. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so the first rounds were like fifteen minute matches. Um, and you know, and it, it had fifteen or twenty minutes. It had to move along, and it was unfortunate we couldn't do double elimination. We just didn't have the capacity. So, um, at the end of our our tenure there at the Four Seasons in Smithville, um, we had experienced some weather issues over yeah. the years because it was outside. The courts were partially covered at the ends. Uh, I guess that was to block the sun while people were playing, but they were open to the elements. Yeah. And it rained a couple times. One I, I year, remember. moderately bad. And um, the when when the ball was rolled, you could see a rooster tail of water spinning Puddle. up behind the ball. Yeah, yeah. And it just wasn't ideal. And people were unhappy. And, yeah. you know, we ended it early. And that we didn't want that. So I had been looking around for years for an indoor venue for this. And I uh, talked to you and with your assistance. And I also know, knew Mark Giantonio. You know, we had um, known each other. Our kids went to school together. And I reached out to resorts and they agreed to host it for, for the next year. We yep. moved it inside. We had it in the ocean ballroom at, at resorts. They gave Which us, is where we have our dinner. They gave us a 50% discount the first year off costs. They didn't charge us a dime for the room, nothing for AV, technical, anything like that. 
And we and and as you know, uh, we had never done it indoors. Right. So that year between the time we had it the last time at Smithville and and I felt terrible for the the guys at Smithville, the men and women there, because they were they were such supporters and they were. And, you know, I felt terrible moving it out. But we had to because it was it became an uh, event that we didn't want to lose because of weather. I mean, October can be dicey. There can be hurricanes still. And we did have some rain. So um, we. Uh, I, I went online, I did some research, and, and I ended up buying um, materials so that we could artificially build indoor bocce courts on a carpeted surface, mm-hmm. and, and it worked. Yeah. And I bought um, vinyl fence posts and rails, and we built 56-foot-long courts, 8 feet wide. I actually made 8 courts uh, with a single wow. – there were 2 and 2 – with a single uh, center – you know, common center, mm-hmm. and we had eight courts in the in the ballroom at resorts, and f- the food was great. Everything was great. We raised a good amount of money there. We had we had most of the people that had come followed us to resorts. Uh, we couldn't have it there again because the price went up. Yeah, and so I mean, it was it was a little bit of a tease, but we had a great time there. It was they were great. Um, we did have one little hitch, and that was um. After we uh, we constructed the courts there, nobody told us that we couldn't. Um, the carpenters union um, had a little issue, sure, and they wouldn't let us take them apart. So the carpenters union had to take them apart. We didn't get charged for that. So I guess resorts, t- you know, took the brunt took on that chin. because somebody made a mistake, I guess. Yeah, and uh, then they stored the materials for us over that winter. Um, so that was that was nice, and yeah. we went and picked them up in the spring. We have since started storing them ourselves, and then we that's when we moved to Beacon Church in yep. Galloway Township. And that's where we've been having it for the last several years, except for the first year of the pandemic. When we now, is that, that is outdoor again? No, no, no. That's, that's inside. That's inside. Okay. They have a great um, room, which is their sanctuary fellowship hall. It's like a gymnasium as well. It's carpeted. It's perfect for us. Got it. And, and they're great hosts. How we, many courts do you have in there? We can put four in as well. We haven't needed to for several years. Yeah, uh, three. Be, be, we no, we put two in. Two in. So we and it, two was enough the last several years. In the beginning, we were building four in there. How many teams right now? We had five this year, unfortunately. Five teams. Yeah, smallest so, ever. Yeah. Well, last year we had four. Wow. And actually, the year, the first year of the pandemic, we had uh, four. So yeah, I mean, it has been. So where are all these bocce players that used to? Well, a lot of them were from Smithville. A lot of them were, you know, we, we got at least four to six teams just from Smithville itself, from the Four Seasons. Do they still play there? I believe they do. But no. some of the players that we had aren't involved anymore. Got it. Um, and also, um, we had a lot of people who just couldn't travel anymore after the pandemic for either health reasons. Yeah. Uh, especially the first year, there was no vaccines. People right. were afraid of traveling. We had a lot of people, the, the Lindsner family members are all far away. You know, they, so so we, we, we took a hit. Um, but we didn't want to end the thing, mm-hmm. so we we kept we kept it up, and this year was was quite successful. Mm-hmm. We are up around eighteen thousand uh, so far in income with five teams. Yeah, wow. Well, we we had that major sponsor. Yes, uh, we had um, you know we had most of the sponsors we have kept on for years. When you have five teams, you can really make it special. It was, and, and it was the first year we had an all APR final. Wow. <laughs> so so John and Kathy Ashton, board members, yeah. as you know, yeah. uh they they um they 
sponsored a team, and they only were themselves. So I populated them with two APR staff people, Kathy McFadden and Kim Burns, played with them for the entire tournament. And then the other team was uh, in memory of Dr. Bob Dixon, a former staff person who yes. passed away this year. And um, and that was uh, Jen Peel Howe and her um, friend Ken and Brian Wilson, two former staff people, Jen and Brian and Brent, Brian's wife. And they um, they won the final. And so it was really uh, it was exciting. We never had an all APR final before and an APR champion. But, um, y- you know, so we- right now it's a quality event. You're not dealing with quantity no and and you know i think the highest not bad the highest we ever raised was in the low twenty thousand range so we're not far off of that a few sponsors and and it's very labor intensive 30 some teams is oh oh it gets crazy yeah and um and this year it wasn't that complicated um myself and a, a child of a staff person helped me put the course together in 40 minutes it's the same materials that it's you've the been same using. Material, yep. And and it, it, where do you store that? We store them in a storage locker on Fire Road. There you go. Yep. I know the storage locker room on Fire Road. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, we have other materials there, of course. Yeah. But but it is night. We used to store them in the basement of our Pleasantville office, but it was just hard getting down the stairs and bringing everything up. So so we got and the, the vinyl holds up well for a it, long. It time. weathers really well. Yeah. yeah. Perfect. And so, so we have brackets. We we assemble the courts. There's um, there's spindles like fence spindles that mm-hmm. go in between the the posts to nice. hold them together to keep them stable. And metal brackets and then corner brackets. And it's really it's it, it's worked. I love it. Let's get our first break, and we'll be right back. Nineteen minutes past the hour. You're listening to Dr. Bob Slotnick. He's the president and the chief executive officer of Atlantic Prevention Resources. I am Hurley in the morning. This is WPG Talk Radio. South Jersey's number one news talk radio station, all because of you and we know it. With a programming announcement, our sister station, 97.3 ESPN, uh, wonderful station, happens to be located, the studio itself, one studio from me. Uh, They are your home for Philadelphia Phillies playoff baseball. They're your home all year, but for the playoffs, tune into 97.3 today at 1 p.m., game one, versus the Atlanta Braves, 97.3 FM. They are 97.3 ESPN. We'll be back in just a few minutes. If you love South Jersey's talk station, then the WPG Talk Radio app is a must-have on your phone. Listen to all your favorite talk shows around the clock and instantly call them with just the tap of your finger. Download the Hurley in the Morning podcast. Send us your pictures and videos of breaking news and more. It's the WPG Talk Radio app, a free download from South Jersey's talk station. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. From the world's playground. This is Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. We're back 24 minutes past the hour with Dr. Bob Zlotnick. So in terms of 14th annual Meg Linsner Memorial Bocce Tournament, and forgive me, I can't remember. Bob Rothhouse and Benjamin F. Edwards and Company. Yes, thank you. (laughs) You can understand why I didn't remember Absolutely, yeah. But it rolls off the tip of your tongue. But Mr. Rothhouse has been a supporter for many years. And 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 he's a great guy. He's friend. He's friends with the Lindner family. And um, do they want to come back and do it again? I didn't ask, but I'm okay. sure. I'm sure they will. Yeah, because that's yeah, they had a really good time too. Yeah. When you lock in a banner presenting sponsor, that is a very huge part of your whole. I remember. Yeah, when you got yeah, a, yeah. and we. Oh, it just is 
just takes you to the next level mm-hmm. over the top. Mm-hmm. So then it really doesn't it, matter it, if you have it, five it, teams or right. 30 teams. It, and it's nice because you know right from the get-go you don't have to you know mm-hmm. do as much fundraising. Yeah, it's a, it's a big help. Uh, anything further on that? I do want to say one thing that was quite unusual this year. Um, someone came up to me. I don't want to mention any names, but uh, one of the players and sponsors, uh, a different sponsor, uh, came up to me and said that um, that they wanted to make a donation from another organization. And I was handed an envelope full of cash. Ooh. And it was one over $1,800. Wow. This had never happened before. I mean, in my life. I've never been handed an envelope full of cash like this. Um, one time, I did sell a vehicle on eBay many years ago. My first time I ever sold a car. It was the only time I ever started a car, sold a car on eBay. And I met the guy who bought it in the McDonald's in Manahawken right off the parkway. And he gave me $5,000 cash for Small my car. Mark Bills. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it was like 50s, I think. 150s. <laughs> but but um <laughs> um, but that was unusual, and uh, but but this was very unusual to get an eighteen hundred dollar ca- over eighteen hundred dollar cash donation. I think it was eighteen thirty three exactly uh, in an envelope. Interesting from uh, from a group. Called Even the amount is interesting. Well, it, it, uh, it's what they had left yeah. over from yeah. something, and it was a group called Hamilton Helps. I don't wow. know if you've heard of Hamilton no. Helps, but I looked them up online. They are a local organization charity that raises money for Hamilton area regional. Um, you know, needy, you know, organizations like ours and people that help, you know. Nice of them to bless your Really event. nice. Like really that. nice. Yeah. That's big. That put us over. So you got that. You have your banner presenting sponsor. Mm-hmm. And that's before, you know, your other revenue sources. Yep. So that's that's fantastic. And we, all the T-shirts have been donated for the last several years. We have no cost for the T-shirts. That's that's donated by Calico Promotions in, in Pleasantville every year uh, for the last several years. Mike Devaney is great with that. He, he just came to us a few years ago and said, uh, you know, who does your T-shirts? And I told him, you know, and this is what we pay. He said, I'll do them for nothing. And he does it every year still. And, and we've gotten fewer, fewer T-shirts the last several years because, you know, since COVID, yeah. we've had fewer players. But really nice guy. Yeah. yeah. I, I know who he is. The programs are donated by by uh, Mike at Grand Printing in Pleasantville. <laughs> you know, I mean, when you, you know, limit, all these expenses that yeah, we yeah that would come right from the, this year you know, off the bottom line. I did lunch for under a hundred dollars. Wow! And I just ordered hoagies from for five teams. Yeah, yeah, and everybody else. Yeah, and and it and it worked. We had a bagel tray for breakfast, so food was like less than one hundred fifty, two hundred dollars tops for food. For so the you're whole just day. driving to the bottom. We line, are, we which are, is great Be- because it's important that we um, fund, especially programs that aren't funded. You know, yeah. I, we 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 always need extra funds to cover you know unknown expenses, things like that. But but well, when uh, you're in the ballpark of twenty grand, you know, something like that. That will allow you to do something you otherwise wouldn't have been able to do. It is a significant amount for us. Yeah. Yep. It's not. And the way you, for those who don't know, uh, I find you to be one of the most um, elegant and careful in terms of, without a doubt, frugal uh, CEOs that you will find because you realize what that means to your programs. Well, we've always tried to operate really lean so that we can do more services mm-hmm. for the dollar. Sometimes it has backfired on me. For example, on us, uh, for example, we purchased a building. Um, we've purchased several buildings. Yeah. This is our third. We've, we've owned three buildings. Yeah. Uh, we now own two. The third building we bought, um, we pay, we put 50% down 
and we were paying a mortgage that was very low. Yep. Uh, twelve hundred a month, I think, was the mortgage payment, and a lot more than half of it was interest. Um, in the beginning, of course, more was principal, but but uh, we found out. No, the beginning usually more is interest. Right, right. In the beginning, more yeah. was interest. Yeah. Right, and that and that was worked well in our favor. Yeah. But once we flipped. Uh, on the amortization schedule to more principal, principal. it started to um, affect the bottom line because the state, the, the, our large funder for most of our programs, wouldn't let us deduct the um, the principal payment. Right. They wouldn't let they wouldn't let us put that on the grants, right. just the interest only. Yeah. So it didn't make sense to keep that building. So you so sold it. We ended up selling that building and renting it back. So we stayed in the building. Uh, we signed a lease, and and that lease is is over. We just renewed for a one year temporary, but uh, to, to decide what we're going to do. But economically, it made sense. Yes, it was unfortunate, but I didn't really think of the big picture. I was thinking the the more the less our you know the less our expenses are, the more programs we can do. But from a state standpoint, they don't really like charities to own a lot of property. You 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 weight that though with respect to how real estate really increased in value mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. So there's another. Well, our Pleasantville building we we bought and yeah, free and clear, uh, and we uh, yeah essentially free and clear now. Yeah, yeah, impressive. Uh, how has uh, 2022 been the year? Um, it's been busy. It's you know we there's a lot of stuff going on. We have new programs. We have new staff. Um, we have. Uh, We've been. T- I don't know if we've. T- I've talked about aces on your show, Harry. No. You know what aces is? No. I'm going to t- uh, open up this just because I just need a little refresher myself. But I want to talk about aces. It's adult childhood experiences, and um, we've been talking about this at least you know in the circles of you know professional prevention for probably going on 10 years or maybe a little longer. Um, the first ACES studies came out, you know, certainly longer than that. But we were introduced to it, you know, through our New Jersey Prevention Network and our other partners, um, probably within the last, you know, 10 years or so, maybe a little longer. And a lot of what we do is based on this, some of this research, the, the adult childhood experiences um, research that, that has found that um, that kids who experience kids and adults who when they were children experienced adult child uh, you know adult childhood um experience you know negative experiences they have more issues so i'm going to just read you some of these uh questions on yeah. this there's it's a 10 question survey this, this is this is serious stuff i mean i don't want, i don't mean to pivot right you know so harshly but but before your 18th birthday uh, this is question one. Did a parent or other adult in the household often or very often swear at you, insult you, put you down, or humiliate you, or act in a way that made you afraid that you might be physically hurt? So these are just yes or no questions. You Number- answer yes to that one, you're on your way here. Right, right. Number two, did a parent or other adult in the household often or very often push, glab, grab, slap, or throw something at you? Did they ever it hit you so hard that you had marks or were injured? Number three, did an adult or person at least five years older than you ever touch or fondle you or have you touch their body in a sexual way or attempt to I'm going to read the rest of the question. Number four, did you often or feel or very often feel that no one in your family loved you or thought you were important or special? Five, did you often or very often feel that you didn't have enough to eat, had to wear dirty clothes? I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read the rest of the questions, but there are 10 questions. Were your parents ever separated or divorced? Um, was your was a parent abused by mm. by a co-parent? Um, did anyone live with have a problem with alcohol or drugs? So so these 
adult childhood adverse child experiences the 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 adverse experiences that a child and now an adult mm-hmm. has suffered before their 18th birthday has shown through these ACEs studies to be linked to mental health issues, substance use issues, issues like that these questions address, you know, perform, you know, committing child abuse themselves. Um, I mean, just listening to violence. the questions, I can, it's, it's serious. I can see where that path leads to. And this is driving a lot of, this research is driving a lot of, you know, where our programming is going generally and also nationally, you know, I mean, and uh, it, I just wanted to bring it up because it is so important. Um, and do you ever, as an agency, do you ever have a reporting requirement if you learn something? We do, of course. Yeah. We have. Because you can learn something. We absolutely. Um, our staff, our professional prevention staff, go into schools all the time, do prevention programs, talk with kids. If someone reports, we have a duty to, if, if someone reports anything that's out of the ordinary, we have a duty to yeah. report that. Usually we report it to the school. Directly, wow! Because the school, of course, you know, then they're we, charged we, with acting. We, we wouldn't just call DCP and P, for example, right. directly. We would go to the school. Now, if the school didn't do anything, then we would have a further duty. Got it. At that point, we'll but, be right back. Very interesting. I'm sure you have more on that on the other side of the break. Uh, we're coming right back strong with Dr. Bob Zlotnick, President and Chief Executive Officer of Atlantic Prevention Resources. Right after this, this is Harry Hurley for Ambient Comfort Heating and Cooling Professionals. And I saw the temperature hit about 42 degrees this morning at about 2 o'clock in the morning. So I know there are people that still haven't. Have you, Bob? Have you put the heat on yet? I have not, nor the gas fireplace. I got to say, there's, there is Our like, house is completely, yeah. you know. Like, so it's just solid. It, it stays warm. And our, our house is a modular home built in a yeah. factory, put together on site, and it is really sealed Tight. very well. There are yep. a lot of yep. people right now, though, that are waiting and waiting and waiting to put the heat on, even if it's like in the 50s in the house. Oh, no. I mean, no. Yeah, if, if, 50s, if it was in the 50s, of course, of course. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. So that's pretty neat. And we would start with the fireplace. Yes, exactly. Uh, so here's what my friends at Ambient Comfort can do. Because we know we can disagree about the solution and all of that, but we can agree to make sensible decisions involving our energy costs. And you can start by calling my friends at Ambient Comfort Heating and Cooling. They have a $79 heater and furnace tune-up special. Now, we've been with them now for a number of years, so we don't get that first year. You can get, if you're new to Ambient Comfort, you can get the $79 heater and furnace tune-up. It's incredible. They do all kinds of things. They check your system, they clean your system, and they give you a report in what kind of condition your system is in at the present time. Can it get through the winter? Do you need to make adjustments? Do you need things fixed? Do you need to replace? They can tell you all of that, and they'll do this no matter who originally installed your system. So if bills were too high last year, and I'm not just speaking about the increase in energy, just in general, if regular maintenance hasn't been happening, ambient comfort can help. They can help you with rising energy costs when comfort matters. Choose who I choose. Visit AmbientComfortNJ.com. That's AmbientComfortNJ.com or call 609-568-0955. That's 609-568-0955 for your $79 fall tune-up special. Tell them that Hurley in the Morning sent you. Early in the morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM.
when you need to know. It's WPG Talk Radio 95.5. We're back. It's Dr. Bob Zlotnick at 41 minutes past the hour. You were saying, Dr. Bob. Yeah, I just want to point out one thing about these um, the, the ACEs studies and these adverse child experiences. Uh, first of all, Atlantic Prevention Resources doesn't provide any services, direct services to kids who are scoring higher on the ACEs, we would right. refer that out. And and as we talked about during the break, there's really a lack of services uh, in in our region for youth that are experiencing. Does, does these anything things. does anything tell you, anecdotal or otherwise, without you know, if if this is not something you can discuss, just tell me to get, get off of this topic. But I'm just curious: is this a a prevalent situation. This is a widespread problem. I think it is. I think it is too. I think it is. Yeah. As a layperson, that would be my gut reaction to that, mm-hmm. which which is sad. And because you know, that's going to affect if you come from an abusive family household, they say. I've done a lot of reading on this. They say that that is the type. That's your example. That's your life experience, and that there's a very good chance that your parenting. <clears throat> will will model that which is a terrible thing you want to break that cycle right but we also find on the flip side that kids who grow up in this environment experiencing these adverse you know things in their childhood are resilient because they're survivors they have to they have survived they have to be so that's an asset that needs to be developed uh, they also need to get some kind of support it's a it's a it's a i would only push back as insofar as to say it's a terrible price to pay. It is for having that absolutely skill set. Absolutely, yeah, right. And and also, I want to point out that in 2022, there are many fewer children in families that are experiencing these adverse child experiences. These adverse well, child that's e- shocking. Be- well, 2022 is different than 2020 and 2021. Was there an uptick when people were not able really to leave? In that kind of maybe, thing? Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. I don't either. But, but I do know. But I'll bet that you there was. Going back, you know, several generations, the 40s, the 50s, the 60s even, it was a different world. And parents parented differently. Yeah. And there was much more, there were many more um, families in where, you know, corporal punishment was the norm. Oh, and, absolutely. Where it isn't as as common now. Well, so I, I'll share a and, story. And there's, there's much more awareness about child sexual abuse and, you know, all that. So, thank, so, thank goodness. So, yes. Yeah, so, so we don't, I think that moving forward, it's just good to be aware, especially for adults yeah. who have experience, experienced some of these things. If they don't know about this, if they don't go, if they don't just, you know, go on their phone and or, or on their computer and look up adverse child experiences they can take a 10 question test answer the questions honestly and see where they fall yeah and see if they really need to go talk to somebody and get on, some counseling on the scale of you know sexual abuse violent uh, hitting and and these different things this doesn't rate up there but it's not a nothing burger either i remember when i was young and my father was very very good athlete he was a very good baseball player very good athlete and i said to him i said you know, I didn't know the word ambidextrous then, but I said, you're really good with both your left and your right hand. And he said, well, let me tell you about that, son. And he told me that he was actually left-handed uh, and that he went to Catholic school and he he would have his left hand beaten by the nun uh, because the, he had to change to be right-handed. Hmm. It was considered evil, basically, to be left-handed. Uh, and so he became a right-hand 
predominant right-hand writer and things like that. And then that became a strength, and he learned how to use both hands in other activities, sports, for example. That's the kind of thing that just one generation ago, could you imagine a child coming home and saying that I, I write left-handed, it's my, it's my predominant, I want to write left-handed, I know I'm a left-hander, and they beat me to become a right-hander. My God, teachers would be getting removed, and right. the, the Board of Education would be getting just creamed. So it, we're amazing. In, we're in a more enlightened age, and, and yeah. there's more awareness now. I mean, uh, 15 years ago, I had never heard of ACEs myself, even though I may be able to answer yes to one question or so on there. Yeah. And my parents split up when I was, you know, before my 18th birthday. You didn't so. know ACEs, but you knew the questions, though. Oh, of course. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. But, but I didn't experience that yeah, stuff. Exactly. But, but now that we know, and, now, and, and our programming at, at Atlantic Prevention Resources, our primary prevention programming with youth, you know, our kids, we don't really go into this at all. But knowing this, having this information is useful because now we can give teens, young, young people, additional resiliency skills build on their assets if they have experienced these things of course refer to counseling treatment if needed but this is way beyond what we do our mission really doesn't involve helping these kids who have experienced aces but but we what we are doing a lot of is sharing this experience with other caring adults especially teachers with schools we're training these resiliency teams in schools in 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 atlanta county so that we make sure teachers are aware of this I really appreciate this. Um, much more with Dr. Bob. This is our final break. Then we'll be uninterrupted until Brian Kilmeade at six minutes past the top of the hour. A reminder, today at 1 p.m., you can join our sister station, 97.3, that's 97.3 FM, 97.3 ESPN, as your home for the Philadelphia Phillies in this incredible, awesome playoff run that they're in. They swept the St. Louis Cardinals. They were the lower seed. They beat the higher seed, sweeping them in the two games on the road so they've earned their way oh my gosh I, I only caught the very end i think the eighth and ninth inning of the friday game i mean they're losing I was two work. nothing in the yeah. ninth inning you almost uh, always it, but lose. i saw the best part of the game and, I, and 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 think about this if they lose that game there's a very good chance you lose oh, the psychologically series. and you're right. and you're away and yeah, yeah yep. the whole thing right and, and you only need to win right the momentum was, the momentum was powerful I, I we were somewhere and all of a sudden well we were at our dinner it was friday the 7th and and everybody said oh my god the phillies are winning because <laughs> then they, you still had to survive well, the bottom six of the two right yeah so you're right about that very very exciting so you can catch the action today 97.3 espn 107 p.m. first pitch. We'll be back with Dr. Bob right after this. Don't go away. This is Early in the Morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM. WPGG Atlantic City, WENJHD3 Millville, a Town Square media station. Sebastian Gorka here. I'm living a very blessed life as an intelligence analyst, a national talk show host and author, and I have an amazing family. But like many of us, aches and pains start to interfere with living my best life, even just walking the dog. But I found Relief Factor three years ago, a 100% drug-free solution for aches and pains, and now I'm pain-free and I have my life back. I take Relief Factor every day. Relief Factor can help your body fight the inflammation that causes joint 
and muscle pain and other aches and pains that come with everyday life. Treat yourself to feeling better. Move more, live more, and just enjoy your life more with Relief Factor. Join me and more than half a million other Americans. Get started today with your three-week quick starter pack for just $19.95. Almost 70% of those who order go on to use it more. ReliefFactor.com. That's ReliefFactor.com. Feel the difference with Relief Factor. Hey, Sean Hannity here. Join me this afternoon at 3. Now back to Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Thank you, Sean Hannity. 53 minutes past the hour. Dr. Bob, time is yours. Anything on your mind? Uh, Not really. Um, This is the time of year when we start um, renewing a lot of our contracts for programs that we do on an annual basis. So it's a big time? It is. I mean, it gets busy, you know, um, later in this month and then November, December, uh, all of our contracts that start January 1st renew. This is something that I know the board talks about and you talk about as president and CEO. How challenging is it when you don't know necessarily you you can have an idea hey because you you're good you're great actually and you can talk to people and you'll know kind well i'm lucky i'm lucky (laughs) some of it is you do the work they always say that if you do the work you also get lucky too but you're good you're you're beyond good you're great at what you do you're great grant writer too but how challenging is it when you don't know if you're going to have... Well, it's always challenging. And, right. and, and you know for, where I'm getting at for yeah, those listening. Yeah. I'm saying there could be funding streams Absolutely. that you have to earn every year, mm-hmm. and there's no guarantee. There's never a guarantee. And I oh, and yet I, there's programs you want to continue. Of course. So the pressure is significant. Well, the pressure is significant because I don't want to be in that um, unenviable position of having to lay staff off. Yeah, or uh, cut programs. Right, right. I mean, cu- cutting programs, of course, is the worst. Yeah. And But, you know, the, also I have people who've been working for us for a long time, and uh, it would be devastating to them and their families if they, you know, if yep. their hours were cut, if they, heaven forbid, lost their job. Or, yeah. But um, but that that's always, it, it's a fine balancing act. I mean, it's difficult to, to build and grow and maintain when also, as you mentioned, there's a chance that someday this may go away. And I, for years, I used to tell the board every year, uh, here's the budget for next year. And, you know, this is based on expectation. Yes. It's never a guarantee. We, yeah. we live on a year-to-year basis, yeah. essentially, because we are – that's one of the dangers of being largely funded by government contracts and grants. But the good, but the, the, the I'm going to say the upside to that is when you demonstrate that you're actually you serve a purpose where you're doing programs that government wants to support because they're necessary and has they're, to, yeah. And has to and yeah. there it's part of their mission statement if you will of what is the expectation of the types of services that should be provided. So you provide a very vital service that governments are happy, whether it's the county of Atlantic, the state of New Jersey, they know the important work that you do, mm-hmm. and they continue to fund that and further that. And that's why, um, you know, we've developed a great reputation. Mm-hmm. We have, um, you know, well-respected in the community. We are highly respected among our peers and also the, the education. I mean, schools around the county know us, that you know, during the school year, we are reliable we we are you know they can count on us. If and, we and, and by the way, as a pass through, this is programming that they want to have take place, so they fund it, and you're their working partner. Right. 
And the schools don't pay for it. I right. mean, you know, this is funded by yeah. by other entities. Yes. It is it's you know, it's a challenge on a year to year basis. Yeah. Knowing in the back of my mind always, and that that's the kind of stuff that keeps me awake or, or whatever wake up in the middle of the night and I think, Oh no, what you know, we've got a budget of, you know, a million a three quarter you know, million seven fifty or something like that. Yeah. You know, that's a that's a lot of uh yeah. that's a lot of work to keep that all moving. Do, do you learn during the year beforehand that this funding is likely to continue, that funding is likely to continue, or could you actually get surprised at the very end? It's, it's happened before. It isn't very common. Yeah. But, but you know, in a very bad year mm-hmm. where there were government cuts, we would get, we would get slashed. Yeah. Um, there are certain set-asides, for example, uh, federal money that comes to the state for the substance abuse block grant, what they used to call the substance abuse block grant, um, has a 20% set-aside for prevention. So that's a, that's a guarantee. But if the substance abuse block grant, the federal grant, was cut to the state, then we would take a hit as well. Yeah, 20% of yeah. a smaller number. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so there's never – I mean you never know. And, uh, you know, we hire, we have some openings right now, we're hiring based on a projection for next year, yeah. which is, which is you know, tricky. Yeah, very much so. But you, you, that's what I mean by you, you, you are very well, skilled at navigating and you are very good. You have decades of experience in being able to just work through, I'll call it the labyrinth of everything, whether it's grant writing and winning, uh, because obviously it, to win, you have to write. I remember the one grant that comes to my mind. It was a crowning moment, actually. I think it was anyhow because you came very, very close, and then the next year you got it. Right. That, that was, was the, a, our big federal grant. Yes. We're in year nine of that, yeah. and that's a 10-year program. That was a significant uh, – at the time, it was our largest single program. And one year lost – missed it. Not By a within, couple points. Uh, right before getting it. Now and, for and, all then, years and then, then I tweaked it, it and yes. we applied the next year. Because and- you were smart to learn – I'm not. I don't think there was anything deficient. I, well, read, I read it, but you learned what they were looking for, and you nailed it. And in that case, the funder sent a a short summary of the points you know that were missed. Very helpful and very helpful. It's Some like, funders thanks. don't do that. It's like well, I can get when, it now. When I, I in 1996, I wrote a grant to the Robert Wood Johnson Foundation in New Jersey. It was called New Jersey Initiatives, Health Initiatives, and I, I just came up with this idea. I read an article in the New York Times. Do you remember maybe 25 years ago? Um, there was when it was called Dyfus. Mm-hmm. There were um, four children under Dyfus care. I thought it was still Dyfus. <laughs> it's DCP and P okay. now, the Division of Child Protection and Permanency. Yeah. Many people still call it Dyfus. Yeah. Uh, that used to be the Division of Youth and Family yeah. Services. Um, there were four children, tragically, under Dyfus care that died. Yes. Do you remember that? I do. 25 years ago. It was front Impossible page news on the yeah. front page of the New York Times. And I thought. Uh, reading the story in the paper, I thought this this is a, a tragedy that could be prevented. And many, if not all, were um, uh, from uh, homes where there was alcohol and tobacco, uh, alcohol and drug use. And I thought this is an idea. So I had an idea of doing case management, uh, high level case management of at the time Dyfus parents mm-hmm. who had a substance abuse issue, substance use disorder, and pairing them up with somebody. 
now what we would call peer support, mm-hmm. recovery support. But when they came out of treatment... Like a making, buddy system. Yeah, a buddy system, a mentor, somebody they could check in with, somebody who would take them to get a job, take them, help them do their you know resume, find them good housing, safe housing, make sure their kids had everything they needed. And, and, and I wrote this grant to the Robert Wood Johnson Foundation, the New Jersey Health Initiatives, and it was for, you know, 100,000 at the time, which was huge. Yeah. Our budget was only less than 200. And, um, and, and we made it to the next level. So there was like, they had a couple of hundred entries and then they had like a first cut and then they only had 20 agencies left. And they said, Oh, you, you passed the first level. It was a 15 page proposal. Impressive. And now they want a 25 page proposal. So I, I, I stayed up all, you know, for weeks and did this and I submitted the 25 page proposal and we didn't get it. They funded some other programs. Uh, and they never said they, in the letter, they never said, you know, why we didn't get it. And that she didn't was, ha- you didn't have that learning yeah, moment. That was, and that, you know, kind of gave me a pause for a little while. For the next several years, I wasn't that interested in, you know, going for the moon like that and spending, I had spent hours and yeah. hours. Especially when you don't get at the end the, no feedback. the roadmap right. of right. what did right. I, what could I have done? Because that would be so helpful. Yeah. Scores are helpful and a, and a rationale and explanation is helpful. That's why when you missed by less than a fraction of an inch. Right. We got 93 the first year yeah. that we applied to the federal yeah. grant and the next year we had 96. So, Cause you got so it. that was the make yeah. or break. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, 93 is not bad, but it wasn't. The cutoff was 94 that year yeah, or something. So close. Yeah. So close. But then it's something that it's a learning, uh, teachable moment, they call it, I guess. But you learned at what you needed to do to give you just that little tiny bit. And it was all the difference. Mm-hmm. And you've had it ever since. Well, luckily, knock yeah. on wood, right? Yeah. Yeah. The grant writing, it's a big part of your job, well, isn't that, it? You know, not as much now because we a lot of our funding is secured and it's really just renewed. I mean, we don't we don't apply for very many competitive new projects occasionally. Um, Do but, you at least every year one or two or so? Um, I wouldn't say every year. No, okay. no. I mean, I mean, we look at them, but right now I just don't have the. Um, I I wouldn't have the time to do yeah. it because I have to put everything on hold when I'm when I'm writing a competitive. Book. Let me throw a flyer at you because yeah. some organiza- organizations do this. They hire, hire a, a grant, grant writer, writer. Yeah. and the grant writer earns a portion of what they what they do. Uh, you can do it. There's a number of different ways to set it up. Would it be something that you not having the time? Would that be something to look at? Probably not. Um, first of all, we couldn't write a grant a, a proposal and budget for the grant writer in the proposal right you have to pay for them with other funds true because it just, it just so on the go. infrequent occasion that there is the need because you think it's something but i mean that certainly really be good we, we have extra you, funds you we, we could do it yeah, yeah 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 if there's something that is definitely needed something that would help the community atlantic county you know especially youth uh we would do it absolutely got it yeah i mean i would just you know write all weekend or you know just yeah. do it at home at night what doesn't matter i mean i don't i don't do work hourly obviously yeah for those who don't know i have the privilege of knowing you're a great writer Thank you. And I, that, that is one of my um, best attributes. I think that's how we got to where we are now. I think so. Having um, you know, agencies come to us and say, would you like this grant? Rather than like the, the overdose fatality review team. Yeah. The county just said, hey, we're getting this. Would you like to, you know, and well, it wasn't what do, even what a proposal. What do they say, Bob? Success breeds success. Right. right. You have proven results. 
so people want to come. And we've been super successful on that yeah. project. So yeah. so the county made a good call on that. Um, I had no idea going in. We never know. We never know if we're going to be successful. I actually found a stellar team of part-time staff who, who operate that program. Does – does- Rebel still exists? It does in, in some respects. Rebel uh, ended in the mid-2000s as such. It, was, it stopped being funded by the state. We kept it alive. Yeah. We were the only county of 21 counties in the state that kept Rebel alive and for, for virtually no funding. Because Shoot you saw the budget. value. Yes. It, it did have a lot of value. You, in, fact, in fact, it's just coming to me now, uh, and I think it's huge, one of your students from Rebel – became an Atlantic Prevention Resources employee. Yes, Carlo. Which is awesome. Carlo, who Think was in Rebel when he was 15 or 16 years yeah. old, is now coordinating our entire youth tobacco prevention project. And and doing great. Yeah. That program is a winner, He's isn't been with it? us like four years. That's a, that's a winning program, isn't it? Is. It? it is. How many people have you helped? It's impossible to know exactly. How many people have you tried to help? Hundreds, if yeah. not thousands. Yeah. We, yeah, I mean, we've got... Um, so many different levels of that youth tobacco prevention, which expand actually into seven counties. Carlo is coordinating the effort in seven counties in South Jersey, Berlin, everything below Burlington. I hear he's impressive in his job, and I hear from a lot of people. And the times we visit with him, with him on air, he's extremely, you know, he's well-spoken. You can tell he loves what he does. He does. He knows he's making a difference. Hard to believe. 20 seconds. The show's <laughs> over, Bob. How do we do? I think all right. I think so. Good to be with you, Bob. And congratulations on the 14th annual Meg Linsner Memorial Golf Tournament. Banner presenting sponsor? Benjamin F. Edwards and Company and Bob Rothhouse. Fantastic. Thank congratulations, you, my friend. And see congratulations you. on your dinner. Thank you. We'll see you real soon. Brian Kilmeade is here. We've got to go. Remember, 97.3 ESPN for today's 1 o'clock. It's actually 107 first pitch. Uh, and go Yankees.